Traveling the Vortex. This is Sylvester McCoy, and I'm listening to Travel the Vortex. Although there might be tangents ahead. <laughs> da -de -da -da -da. Traveling the Vortex. <laughs> Join the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed episode number 161. And she was the noblest Romana of them all. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I'm sad again. My phone is beeping. Don't be sad. She comes back and brings canine with her. Where is that? It's true. Did you guys do anything fun this week? Hmm. I think I forgot something that I did last week that I forgot to mention yeah. last week. Nothing really exciting. I did pick up uh, Key to Time. Thanks oh, yeah, to right. Keith and the heads My up. Keen eyes. His keen eyes. He saw it at, uh, unfortunately, not Vintage Talk. He saw it at. Uh, a competitor. <laughs> uh, uh, CD Trade Post. I don't go there enough now. I can't remember the name of the place. <laughs> CD Trade Post. Oh, sure. Way to spend that. <laughs> <laughs> For 40 bucks. And it was in the slim pack really too. good condition. Yeah, special edition and everything. So. I was super excited because I have been wanting, I've been coveting that for years now. And in fact, I think I go drool over it at Sean's house every once in a while. And <laughs> I'll explain why my box was wet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's always at like a hundred dollars, or I think the cheap, cheapest I saw it online was eighty. And so when Keith said they had it for forty, I was like, what? No, thirty nine. It must be in bad shape. So I went and looked at it. And the box looked great. I said, I think I'll take this. And I went up and I had asked him if I could look at the discs, and the discs look great. <laughs> Ever since I, I found uh, uh, well, the Time Warrior there mm -hmm. on accident, because mm -hmm. I knew Keith Marinus was there, and the other ones were there too, I'm, I try to go back and just check occasionally in person, that? because you never know if something doesn't show up on the website. Well, the thing is, you told me about it like probably about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And I just kept forgetting about it. And then there was one day that I was out and about, and I went, oh, I should go by there and see if they still have that. So They did. Yay. Nice. Yay. Have you watched the entire season? Now? I haven't. I think, <laughs> no, I, 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 probably, I probably won't go back and watch it for a while, but I think I'll go back and watch some of the special uh, extras on it. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, that I haven't seen. So. I tend to do that now with Doctor Who, especially if it's ones that we haven't seen or like we haven't watched together as a group, is if I buy a new one, and I've, I've seen it recently, or I know we're going to be watching it soon. I'll just delve right into the special episode, <laughs> or the special, uh, what am I looking for? Features? Features. Features. Special features. Special features. Value-added material. Extras, I suppose. Um, well, I don't know. A whole bunch of stuff I did this week, now I can't remember. You picked up another box set, didn't you? I did. I picked up, uh, which, have we gotten? It's on the poll. The poll has not expired yet. Oh, well. Well, how, then why did you have last Saturday? I, I what did you have that, last night? <laughs> I realized that and I took it off. <laughs> oh, there went my boat. <laughs> so we go it again. Uh, I picked up in uh, anticipation for Flicks with Friends, which Keith is organizing. trying to organize. Um, There's a poll on the website. If you haven't seen it, go vote. Planet on when we should host it. I picked up the five-disc box set. Blu-ray. original On Blu-ray of the original series. And uh -oh. then I also picked up Planet of the Apes. There you go. <laughs> I said that. He said Planet of the Apes there. I yeah. didn't hear him say it. And then I picked up, uh, because it was cheap 
I went and ordered uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I can watch that again before Dawn comes out this summer. Or in just a few months. I don't think I'm going to do a full rewatch, although it's tempting. Full rewatch? Of all the Apes movies. Oh, I thought we were going to do a full rewatch of all the Apes movies. Well, Sarah's not interested. Well, you can still come over. Well, yeah, but finding the time. I don't want to hold you guys back from being able to do it. I was worried about finding the time that we both would be available She's and she would She's in bed now. Be. <laughs> There's plenty of time I know that you guys... I just went and rewatched watch, re them last year, so... I, I do want to hold you well, back. That's true. From, you, did, you watched them when you got the set. Yeah. I, but I think I will wow, these are my choices. Kind of, well, here. We could do this. I, I, We're going to do the first one for Flicks with Friends. We could do we all could of just them. just do all of them. Not, not necessarily. I mean, if, if people want to join us, great. But the hey. three of us could sit down and say, you know, it's Tuesday night, 11 o'clock. We're all home. Fired up. We're going to do this one. Tweet along to it. I mean, they're yeah. only like an hour and a half long. That's Some true. of them are nearly two, but. Well, I, have to, be I, I have to do it at times that Mel's available to watch them because she's never. Oh, she seen wants them. to watch them too. She hasn't seen all. Of them. Well, I don't believe she's seen any of them. As it, long as other than Rise, as long as it's but, late. <laughs> well, that's the catch. Yeah. That's, she has to be up early. Now, yeah. so. Yeah, so. that's true. She has to be up earlier than most of us. See, uh, because I've rewatched them all recently, like within the last year, I think the only one I'm going to go back and revisit because I think I'll have more tie-in to Dawn is Conquest. The last one. How do any of them have any? Well, time? I think they're going to draw inspiration from Conquest. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Because okay, Rise I'll drew a lot from Battle. Okay, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, okay. inspiration. I guess is a better word. So go vote. Uh, right now, it's tied Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday? Yes. Sorry if you voted for Saturday. Uh, <laughs> yesterday. I have to look at my calendar and figure out what's going to work better. Because realistically, I'm going to have to work or go to school all of these days. So, Okay. Good to know that's on there. Uh, what else did I do? <laughs> I don't know. Must not have been exciting stuff. Kids had basketball. Went to lunch with folks. Hello, lots of Minecraft. Oh my gosh! <laughs> he's been, that's what he's done all week. My gosh, that's why I can't that's remember anything else. That's all we've done. Is play he's Minecraft. going back and he's trying to think. What did I do this week? And his week is disintegrating Minecraft into Minecraft. little squares. <laughs> and he keeps telling himself it's the calendar, but it's just all blank. And no, in reality, it's all cobblestone. <laughs> Caitlin and I have our own little world we've been playing on. Mason joins in every once in a while. Well, we found this really great cave, and I went down in it. And, and you know, I've, what I've been playing this thing for three weeks now, four, maybe four weeks now, not even that many. Three weeks, two and a half weeks. I don't know what it, it's all running together still. <laughs> anyway, I keep finding down the rabbit well, hole. Here's how bad I've gotten addicted <laughs> to it: is I have it on my Mac now too, <laughs> because sometimes the kids will be using the TV, and I want to play Minecraft, so I load it up on my PC. So yesterday morning, I was mining, 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 mining. My goal is to find diamonds. I want to find diamonds, because all we play on is survival. We don't play creative, so I want to find diamonds. I want to find diamonds. So I found, went, I dug in this cave near some lava, and I found something blue, and I went, Oh, Caitlin, look, I got diamonds! Ah! And she comes over, and she goes, Oh, really? That's not diamonds. It was some <laughs> other blue ore. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's... That's, uh, it's li- lipid? 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 Yeah, something blue, like that. Blue stone. That's I was so it. pissed. <laughs> I didn't even know about this blue stone. I was like, what the heck? Is it rarer than diamonds? Why are diamonds no, blue it's in not. this game? Well, they're light blue. <laughs> it should be white. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things that are white. But 
so well, you know, I, was, I was so frustrated because that was my that's my thing. I wanted to find diamonds. Well, before we came over tonight, Caitlin and I were playing we, on our world on the Xbox, and I coasted down into this cave I've been working on for a oh, better part of a week, and I got down to some lava, and I was mining around it, and I found my diamonds. So, Yay! I got three diamonds. So, exciting stuff. For me, diamonds. nobody else cares. <laughs> <laughs> <Coming> diamonds. <laughs> Thanks for the pity, yay. Um, and then <laughs> diamonds is so like diamonds are awesome. six months ago for me. And then I've been playing a lot of Doctor Who Legacy because I got handles last week when he dropped, and then I got Stormageddon this week because he's in the fan area. For those of us that have purchased the fan area for thirty days, and then he will be moved into the regular. main regular area for everybody else to have. Uh-huh. So. so what's his ability? I don't think I ever asked you. What, what's what's Stormageddon's ability? I'm assuming More this color is black. More of the same. No, I don't think he was black. Maybe he was. But the, he's the Dark Lord You're lucky. Of all. I've got him right up here. Wait, Stormageddon and Canine on a team? You'd be. Oh, he is black. You're right. I thought I that saw that on makes Facebook. More sense. <laughs> Stormageddon, race, human, Dark Lord of all, Alfie, origin, Earth, first episode, closing time. Noble Associates, Greg Owens, the 11th Doctor. And he has Dark City. In six turns, he converts yellow stones to black. Ah. So. The opposite of handles. The opposite of handles who turns black stones to yellow. (laughs) So you wouldn't want to play with these two guys together. Probably not. I'm guessing. Split those up. It'd kind of be counterproductive. There. Hopefully. Here's, a, here's something I want Legacy to add, and I was going to save this until we reviewed this, but <laughs> I can't help but talk about this game because it's so super awesome. We'll um, record a whole new episode for the review. We'll just have to we'll cut, just, together just cut together. We'll just have him edit it. So here you go. Here's how Glenn got us talking about Doctor Legacy. Um, I want Ooh, them Dr. to Dr. add. I have my. I have this team that I've been building that I'm going to max out because I love it. They're so much fun. The only reason that I'm playing this team. Is because it's dinosaurs on a spaceship team. <laughs> you have a gang. It is the gang. <laughs> it is the eleventh Doctor, Brian, Rory, Amy, Nefertiti, and Riddell. That's all of them. It's all of them. So it's my it's my team that I'm maxing out right now. I'm trying to to just level everybody up. But that made me think. You know what? They need to add an element of this to uh, certain. Uh, Combos that, like if you have like Rory and Amy together, they should give each other bonuses. That'd be cool. If you have the entire dinosaurs on a spaceship team together, you should get bonuses. You, you should know? be rewarded for that. Exactly. Or the doctor having or, his or proper companions. Even this would be easy now for them to do because they've they're adding or have added achievements to the game. Is just give you an achievement for for playing those team together. Oh, yeah, you don't know that that's an achievement, and it just unlocks like a secret achievement. One of the things for this was um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. When you played the team of, of Hulk, Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor together, you got the Avengers achievement. It just unlocked because that was oh, you put nice. those guys together. And I think it was even a secret achievement, so you didn't know about it until yeah. you got it. Uh, it was even something as simple as that, you know, just... I want to say there are some similar to that on Lego Marvel, isn't there? Might the trophies? Be. Oh, I think there is, yeah. Actually, I think you're right. So oh, just, just even something simple enough like that. I think putting pe- certain people together should give you something out of that. I think that'd be neat. Anyway, that's my. This is how Legacy is awesome and how Legacy could be cooler. <laughs> Part of the show. What do you do, Sean? 
Well, school started this week. Um, so I went back. And Sorry, what? School started. This oh. week. School started this week. Um, I'm I'm digging it so far. I've got some cool classes because uh, I've got archaeology. Did you walk in with your hat and bullet? I did not walk in with my hat and bullet. <laughs> but I decided my next Vistaprint uh, <coughs> business card I get is just going to have my name and obtainer of rare antiquities on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, fun story. So we're sitting there in in, in archaeology, and she's kind of a, 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 I love Doctor Wood, which is why I had I had her for anthropology, and that's why I had to come back for archaeology. Because it's like, yeah, because I, I, I like her as a teacher. She's cool. But um, she's explaining in her mind what is kind of the birth of official archaeology, and she's got a specific date. And uh, I'm going to blank on the guy's name. Sorry, but that's not important to me. Um, whoever this guy is was an engineer. And the king and queen of Naples said, we were talking about building a blah, blah, blah on the back end of the house. Can you come out and make sure everything's structurally significant and okay? And he goes, sure. And he lowers himself down into this well on their property and goes all the way down the well and apparently emerges into this gigantic chamber. Hmm. And it's an outdoor amphitheater that has been buried. And in the middle of this amphitheater, basically right underneath where they dug the well, is a statue of Hercules. And he realizes that they have found Herculaneum which is the town that Hercules founded. So they start this huge excavation, and they're bringing all these artifacts up, and he puts the statue of Hercules on the king and queen's front lawn, and they wake up in the morning and see it. And it's like, oh, wow, look what you found. So it's this big deal. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Herculaneum is the sister city to Pompeii. They were in spit, within spitting distance of each other. And Pompeii is kind of the generic everybody-lived-here city. Hercul- city. Her- Herculaneum was the, this is where the rich people go to live and play. It was kind of the uh, vacation area, okay? So It was the Hamptons. Once they found <laughs> and started, they excavated enough of Herculaneum to kind of figure out where it was at under there. Well, then they were able to figure out from that, Pompeii's over there. It's got to be. So they went and started working on Pompeii. So it was this guy who was directly responsible for... Uh, the finding of Pompeii later. I mean, it didn't happen until years and years and so years the, later. So the guy decides to put an addition on his house, and he discovers Pompeii. Yes. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really interesting. Now, this is where my mind went during this whole discussion, which in and of itself is interesting, and, you know, yeah. just anyway. That's why Pompeii is a fixed point in time. It's not so much the, the, the people and the horror of, of the fact that this has to happen. It's all of the little ramifications that come down the line. Mm, yeah. We wouldn't have archaeology as a science if Pompeii hadn't happened because <laughs> Herculaneum was wiped out in the same explosion. Oh, Vesuvius yeah. took both of them. But archaeology exists because this guy found Herculaneum and started when they were, they did a couple of really cool things like when they started bringing things up. Normally they would just share the wealth and like you've got this cool statue and you would send it off to the king and queen of whoever to kind of curry favor with them. And the king and queen of Naples at the time decided, you know what, this is important. This is historically important to us as a culture and as a society. We're keeping everything here. And they built a wing onto their house just to house the artifacts that were coming up out of the well. It's nice that they had the hindsight to realize that, that yeah. it was important. And apparently you can still, do Otherwise it. You can still it go there and see the collection because it's still, it's still in the same place and in existence today. Who knows but, what would be lost if they didn't do that? I, If that hadn't happened, some guy in Turkey would have put a addition onto his bathroom and found ancient no, Mesopotamia. No, because they, 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 nor- they normally... <laughs> <laughs> I just would have been somewhere else. 
So you're saying Doctor Who's responsible? <laughs> no, Doctor Who's responsible. That's what I'm saying. Ah, uh, okay, that's, I got you. I got you. So anyway, that, that's where my brain went during the whole the whole classroom. <laughs> I was just with this big stupid grin plastered on my face. It's <laughs> made a Doctor Who joke in our class. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that, that's why it's a fixed point in time. It's, it's just cool. Um, and then I had um, murder, murder, murder mystery and murder mystery and mayhem. That's a class. That's a class. Uh, and I'm very disappointed. Is it an arts class? No, it's a mass media class. No clue. No clue. That's what I was hoping for. Like, I'm sorry. If it were me teaching it, that should be the the, the, the first class would have been okay. Students, we're here for, and the lights would go out, a gunshot would go off, and when they come back, the teacher's dead at the front of the class with "Avenge Me" written on the board, and you spend the semester figuring out who did it and why. That's a class. <laughs> It's actually pretty cool. I tell me, you wouldn't be jazzed about doing homework on oh, that. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, instead, it's uh, it's being taught by a guy who was the um, Capital Journal beat reporter for for the uh, crimes, you know, oh. that reported all the crime stuff, and so it's going to be learning all about crime media reporting and stuff, and it's kind of like, oh, oh that's important. Well, that's stuff still for cool. That but what's it called? Murder, mystery, and mayhem. That's a little flashy of a title. It's too flashy of a title. <laughs> for a crime reporter, I sounds thought like so. A, sounds like well, a newspaper for, Oh, God. It, it makes yeah. sense now. Well, I think, yeah, I think what it is, because when, when, you, when you work for the paper, you write the articles, but you don't get to write your headlines. The editors-in-chief do that because they're trying to get the flashy stuff. So I think as uh, he had all these great titles that he wasn't allowed to use, and I think he's overcompensating now. Uh, <laughs> I think that's what it is. Uh, and then... Um, that makes sense. Social media, likable social media, or something. Which likable it, social it, it's, media. It's 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 about using social media in your business to get the most impact and figure out how to do things. And they've already told us all kinds of cool things. Like I know more about how I could increase traveling the vortex's Facebook impact from one class than I have for the three years that we've been dinking around with this Facebook page. I don't want to pay for it, so there's that. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much of this would be practically useful. And then my last one is uh, video editing and effects, which is an art class, but it's going to be all green screen work and uh, playing with a 3D printer and, you know, cool stuff. And I love Dr. Sharafi already. He was talking about when they built the art building, uh-huh. he submitted plans for a three-story green screen wall <laughs> on the outside of the building. Ooh. And they said, no, it's got to be limestone so it matches the rest of the campus. And he says, but I need this so that we can rig up the harness because we're going to have students, you know, fall off the building and film it. And then we'll be able to put in other backdrops on the, on the green screen. And they looked at him and said, you're throwing students off a roof? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, we'll have padding. And so he actually built a tiny little thing to kind of show this is what I want the outside of the building to look like. And they, they said, no, you're not throwing students off the roof of the art building. I don't care if there's harnesses or not. And, <laughs> said he's no, we're not doing that and he says well what about my pyrotechnics lab and they looked at him and said no you're not allowed to have fire so we, we will not be learning fire or throwing people off the green screen but other than that i'm really jazzed it sounds like it's going to be a cool class he could probably rig something up small scale he says, the there's not enough, he says not enough room. We do have a huge green screen wall i mean you can build they, a little platform up, that people can jump off of and just it's smaller scale Learn how to do the impact or the shots of them falling in between. You know, they do multiple takes on that thing, so you just go learn a different part of it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just editing; you just loop that part of it. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to to get into the meat of some of those, which I think will be very cool. And then, um, I must say, do this word. I worked a lot. 
potty train Katrina. That sounds like it's been an adventure. Yeah, that's been fun. And then... <laughs> the coolest thing <laughs> ever. I'll give you a hint. You're all dead. You know why? Special weapon style. I gotcha. They, they wouldn't get it from that, though, because it doesn't sound like it's... It does totally players. sound like it. It's the same sound effect. Pull it up on YouTube. I'll wait. <laughs> So I, I bought, got the DVD. I can just go. I, I, I bought the Special Weapons Dalek, which is part of the uh, Wave Two of Doctor Who action figures. The, what are they? What did we determine they were? Three and three and three, three quarters. quarters. I don't think that's right because that looks totally bigger than a GI Joe, but maybe it is. Wow! If I was a Joe and this king came rolling down the street at me, I think I'd, I think I might have shat myself. <laughs> I'd have done that anyway, because it's just that cool. Um, but Special Weapons Dialogue, it's incredibly detailed, and it spins, and it rotates, and it's on wheels, and it's got a huge frickin' cannon on it. Oh, he's got a tape measure. I thought you were looking for a comparable action figure to scale, but this will work. <laughs> it is slightly bigger. It's four and a half. Maybe it's because it's a Dalek. Must be. Anyway, so uh, the new wave is all Daleks, and I saw this in the catalog and ordered it for work, and I was very jazzed when it came in. I spent way too much on it, but I don't care because it's special weapons dialect. It's awesome. It? Uh, we had them priced at thirty-four, which is oh actually made way cheaper than what they're they're actually going for. Are you sure it's supposed to be? Yeah. For the he's not, he's not part of that line, is he? Nope. And that looks more right. No, dogs are same height. Same height as what? People's? No, they're not. A little bit. They're no, they're smaller. not. They're all smaller. Do you, you don't have any of them. No. Didn't you buy? No, didn't you buy the Cyberman? You didn't buy no, Cyberman. I thought you bought Cyberman. Okay. Anyway, so um, yeah, I spent way too much on it, but I don't care because it's special weapons dialogue, and it's awesome. And it retails for like forty nine. That's what they had this one listed. Okay, you way overpaid for that with thirty bucks. Well, I'm but sorry. I got my discount on it too. Well. Anyway, here's my one problem with it. I have one problem with this figure. And Glenn, at some point, he'll pull out his phone and take some pictures to post because it's oh, that yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> hint, hint. Uh, but it comes with two sound effects, which Glenn doesn't like. But here's the first one. That's totally wrong. And here's the second one. So with the resulting explosion. Now, the problem that I have with the fact that there are two sound effects... Now, it, it, uh, the rest of the line apparently talks, and I think that's why. I think it's because it's an audio toy as Is it well. the five-inch? It's that one. Yeah. It says it's a five-inch figure. It says wave two of... Well, we knew that those figures were a little off. I don't remember how tall the rest of them are. Five, but, though, really? um, the problem that I have with that is that I was, I was really kind of disappointed that Special Weapons Talek did not talk. But then I realized, well, it didn't talk. So, you know, there's that. But the, the, the big problem that I have is these two sound effects. One is the laser cannon firing, and the other is the laser cannon firing with an explosion of impact. I'm sorry. Special Weapons Talek has never missed. So you don't need that first sound effect at all. All special weapons Dalek sound effects should come with an earth-shattering explosion at the end to know that you killed whatever it is you set out to destroy. <laughs> I'm taking pictures. I wonder if they just repackaged the line they did of the special Daleks in the new packaging and called them did they talk? Too. Yeah. Well, maybe it is. Because it's, it looks like it would fit with the no other size action figures better. It doesn't have a date on it other than All the characters Terry you grabbed, you grabbed Back to the Future Rory. That's because he doesn't have anything in his hands. 
Oh! <laughs> I'm gonna run him over. <laughs> so yeah, I, that, that's my uh, worthless purchase of the week. <laughs> oh, and I bought a, I bought a, really, I bought really an iMac. Cool really, really cool looking. You bought an iMac. I bought an iMac. <laughs> Why'd you buy an iMac for? Um, so that I can load up all my school editing onto the, the iMac and do it on that. Why? How much was that? Couple thousand? Yeah. I got my school money in, so I, I planned for that. Mel's happy. She has a computer now that she can use. Right. So I get to clean off my laptop and get it all more, you know, streamlined and right. orientated. And that's going to handle the bulk of pictures and editing and photos yeah. and, you know. No, that's not a bad idea. All that kind of stuff. So that way I'm not bogging this one down with all no. that. And I bought the big one, too. I bought the 27 <laughs> Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. I was, go large or go home, man. <laughs> so I bought this eight. I bought, did it? Does this bother anybody else? You buy the largest freaking monitor. Because I'm blind. I'm legally blind. i got to have something massive in front of me. And so I bought the largest monitor available. And then you pull up your window, and it's this big. And all the icons are like this. And I'm finding myself, I'm sitting closer. Bigger, closer. can't you? Yeah, well, it took me a day and a half to figure that out. But <laughs> I was, man. I was right on top of it, surfing the internet like this. <laughs> Just... <laughs> First thing I would have done was figure out how to fill that screen up. Well, even web pages are weird because, like, the web page goes and Safari will fill it, but then the actual web page is only using this much of the screen. It's like I used to do that on my uh, my 17 inch screen on my Mac, but I figured out how to make it so that. It well, you'll have to come over and educate me then, because <laughs> I'll have to find it, find it again because it it took me a while to find it and I've forgotten. Since. You can Google it on your laptop to look it up on your desktop. <laughs> <laughs> Google how to do it on here. That's what I do. So the basement is now coming together nicely because I've got my editing desk and the tower and thing, and I'm going to start networking hard drives together, and it's going to be awesome. Cool, nice. And I finalized most of my galley uh, travel plans this week too. You finalized them. Finally, I got my flight, and I got my rental car taken care of, Alamo all the way, Um, and I got um, the reservations cleared up and made sure that that was was good. Um, booked a booked a hotel for um, PlanetCon. For PlanetCon. Oh, are you gonna stay in the yeah. Planet Comic Con? Oh, oh, for Planet oh. Comic Con. Oh. Since it's all three days, and he does that all the time. And I, I, I think there's a whole other for Comic Con. I know. think there's a whole other. No, he said Planet Con. Planet Con. Planet Con. Every time he said Planet Con, I think there's another another convention somewhere. Sorry, Kirk and Chris. Planet Comic Con uh, in Kansas City. So yeah, I'm all set. Don't be acting all friendly with your with your Back to the Future Rory and, and Special Weapons Dalek. Special Weapons Dalek is not a prop to be uh, 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 photobombed. <laughs> Just wait, wait, wait till you see my caption. Yeah, see, that's what you get, Rory. <laughs> no explosion there, but... It's not because he missed, it's because he just... Did you do anything else this week, Sean? No, that was pretty much it. <laughs> that was a lot. I uh, rewatched the entire Jurassic Park trilogy. I saw you <laughs> tweeting that you were watching or Facebooking. I don't remember. Those special effects hold up so well. Not so much in two. One and three special effects hold up so well. <laughs> it's a, It just blows my mind whenever I watch it that how well it... It was, what, 1993 when that... When the first one came out? Sounds about right. 93, 93. 93, yeah. It's 11 years ago. Or no, 20, 
one years ago. <laughs> I can't do math. What year so is it? So that post that's going around the internet <laughs> that I think George Takei first posted said, to me, 1991 is still 10 years ago. <laughs> still feels like 10 years ago. It does. I don't know why. It's a time It's a time bubble. What year is it now? How old were you in 98? Or 98. So it's, t- it's 21 years old. Well, we'll be 21 years old this May. Uh, and now I you feel old. Eight. When I went to see it in the theater. <laughs> and those are, and there, there are some, uh, on the Blu-rays, there are some really great bonus features called Return to Jurassic Park. <laughs> That's for making me feel old. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was in college when I saw that. <laughs> hey, at least it was not like Brittany who wasn't born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brittany wouldn't have been born, right? That's yeah. We... <laughs> wow. <laughs> or it would have been like one that or something. That wasn't ten years ago, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Great bonus features. I highly recommend picking up the Blu-rays and watching them. Uh, I also picked up Destiny of the Daleks at Vintage Talk. On DVD? On DVD, not on Blu-ray. <laughs> and uh, I was more implying not on VHS, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Why would I pick it up? What's a VHS? <laughs> Um, <laughs> Those were already going out of style when you were born. <laughs> I had one for the longest time too. I would not. I did not adapt to uh, DVD for I don't know how long after they've gone gone uh, been out. And then Sarah and I watched Klondike this weekend. What? Which Klondike? What is Klondike? It's uh, the, the Discovery Channel's first ever. Fictional miniseries that they've done. Oh, they produced. It's pretty good. It's about uh, gold. Yeah, but rush. if I want to watch fiction, I'll go somewhere that <laughs> specializes in fiction. Well, it's based on real events, <clears throat> so it's a dramatization. Oh, it's the gold gold rush. Yeah, the gold rush up in uh, Washington, uh, Alaska, Alaska. Now wait a minute. North to who's, who's doing Vikings? North, the rush is on. I don't know who's doing the history Vikings. channel. Is, it? is that the history? And this, this history's is, been doing fictional stuff for I don't know how long. And which channel are you watching? This, this is from? Discovery. Discovery, which is oh, they're all part of the same they're still family. Home. That's way different. Okay. They're all part of the same family. <laughs> I don't go to History Channel to watch history movies made by them either. Although Hatfield and Hatfields and McCoys was supposed to be pretty good. So. It was. Pretty was that good. on History or was that on AMC? Oh, I think that was on history. They showed it on AMC eventually, but yeah, they're all part of the same family. North to Alaska, we'll go north. The rush is on. Uh, it stars it's Richard Madden. Johnny Horton's song is going around now. Who also is known as Rob Stark, which is kind of why we were like, oh, we'll give this uh, a shot. Sarah Rob made Stark's you watch it. Okay. Uh, no, I, it also stars Tim Roth. <laughs> that explains a lot. Tim Roth is in it. Okay, good for him. And, um,. The other scientist from Incredible Hulk that turns into the, the other scientist, the oh, guy at the end. There was Bruce Banner. No, no the other scientist guy. in Incredible Hulk. No, the guy oh, who no, ends no. up He's talking being about the, uh, the the guy that becomes the brain guy, uh, which we assumed would be the villain in the sequel that we've never seen. Yeah. Um. Tim Blake Nelson, Samuel Stearns was the character in the Incredible Hulk. Can't it's that. it's really good and pretty interesting. I thought. Uh, and that's about it. That's all we did. It was a nice low key weekend. 
Nobody went out and took advantage of that weather. Low-key weekend? Low-key weekend. (laughs) I see what you did there. That was when Thor Dark World I just said it would have been funnier. That's when Thor Dark World will come out on (laughs) Blu-ray. We'll have a low-key weekend. Low-key weekend. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on to the news since we've dwelled so long on what Sean did this week. Sorry, I did a lot this week. That's all right. You did. There was a lot of stuff. Uh... There was a kind of a big announcement for our yeah, local con. We're super excited about this announcement. We are? Oh, yeah. Yeah, coming to Planet Comic Con. Our good friend. David Yost. <laughs> oh, man, why do we do that? <laughs> that joke gets so old. It wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be us if we weren't funny. beating a dead horse. It's like true. Beating a dead murka. What if we were beating So it? Mr. McCoy is coming to Planet Comic Con, <laughs> and I don't know about these guys, but I'm elated because I'm I think that excited. that is a huge get, and I think that the, the bonus of this is is not only is he a huge get as far as a Doctor Who guest because he's the seventh Doctor, but I think he also translates to a lot of the people that will be going to Planet Comic Con that are into The Hobbit because he is Radagast the Brown, obviously. And so I think there's that they, they, they found a nice meld between genres in order to bring a guest that will appeal to a, a wide variety of audiences. And so I, I am super static and, and absolutely loving the fact that they've got a huge Doctor Who guest for the 50th anniversary year. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we determined it was in the 50th anniversary. Not in, 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 there's no year if it's in the anniversary. I, I think that's how it worked. I'm getting shot at by special <laughs> weapons Dalek who apparently no, no. can't hit anything. You are not getting shot at. You are effectively dead. No, see, I'm 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 gonna count him up with stormtroopers. You, you will be stone cold dead in a moment. <laughs> you know why stormtroopers can't be bartenders. <laughs> Because they make terrible shots. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right. All right. That one, that one, that one. Right. This is my favorite. Okay. This is my my favorite joke now. Right now. All right. All right. So there's a couple of guys, and they're walking through the uh, fields. They come up on this big cavern, huge cavern. They're looking down there, and it's dark, completely dark. You can't can't tell how deep this thing is. And so they're arguing. You know, you have to, how deep do you think it is? And I don't know. There's no real way to really tell. Well, we could huck something down in there. And see how long it takes to hit. Let's see if we hear, you know, can hear. They give us an idea how deep it is. So what should we throw? What should we throw? The guy sees an anvil, like an old rusty anvil on the side there. And he says, oh, let's just throw this anvil in there. So they huck this anvil in, and they never hear it hit. And they're like, wow, that must be really deep. And just, they hear this. And they see this goat come running at them. And he just jumps and goes right down into the pit. And they're like, that was crazy. That goat just, just hurled itself into the pit. And all of a sudden they heard this. Betsy! 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 And he gets closer and closer, and they, they realize it's this farmer. And the farmer says, hey, did you guys happen to see my goat, Betsy? She was just around here somewhere. And the guy said, no, well, the, a goat just came running past here and just jumped right into this cavern. And the farmer says, oh, that couldn't have been Betsy. I had her tied to this old anvil over here. <laughs> 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 my new favorite joke <laughs> my daughter laughed and then I think she was going to cry because she thought that's horrible 
So I didn't mean to uh, derail the Sylvester McCoy <laughs> discussion. <A> poor goat. <laughs> you can tell Sylvester that joke and see if he likes it. <laughs> so Sylvester McCoy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'll probably look at you and go, I'm from Vaudeville. You think I haven't heard that joke by now. Oh, I can't wait to meet him. Oh, me too. Well, so I've exciting. met him once, but I haven't met him yet, so yeah, it's even Keith, more exciting. First for time me. for Keith. Keith's first Sylvester. First time meeting a doctor. Yeah. Period. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, you, you met John Hurt that one time. I did. Yeah, I don't remember that. You kept saying how cool it was. This was before he was a doctor, though. But, you know. I think I would remember meeting John Hurt. I think Sylvester was my first doctor that, that I met. Thanks for playing along, Keith. Sorry. <laughs> Sylvester was my first he doctor first to meet. Doctor. Yeah, I hadn't met any doctors. Well, you met Dr. Livingston. But. Well, I presume. <laughs> See, that's how that's supposed to work. <laughs> if you would have given me a clearer setup. <laughs> well, now we have a laugh track, too. <laughs> I found a better one. <laughs> So Sylvester McCoy, you guys don't pause and you know somebody leave and go get some. Um, <laughs> He's in our neck of the woods. You, you realize? I mean, it's not like it's not like we're going to San Diego. It's not like we're going to Dallas. It's not like we're going to, to Chicago. He's coming to Kansas City. Kansas City, middle of middle of America, middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's not the middle of nowhere. It's the middle of America. It's not the middle of nowhere. For the Time Lords, it's the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Where in the middle well, of he's going to keep an eye out for double X if he comes to Kansas. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should get him to sign that. Ooh. You already have a picture on the wall. You need something new from this. Yeah, there is a nice big <laughs> boy. Oh, right on the back. Right on the back. It'd be kind of cool. That was his, that was his Dalek. That I was a Dalek in his. <laughs> I think that's another reason why this is so cool. Because, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Sylvester McCoy. Coming to Kansas City Black Comic Con. Our, uh, our our heartiest congratulations go out to Glenn's uh, favorite doctor, to Chris <laughs> and all the uh, all the organizers. Not quite, but he had moved. He has moved quite a ways up the scale. Pulling that coup off. Oh, you you yes. got to go to his panel. His whenever he they do his. Well, hopefully, we're doing his hopefully. panel. We, we, uh, you, cross I, our fingers and lock up. You're not head. coming. He was my. Well, he, I am, but my point was, you missed, you missed the really, really panel. good Sylvester panel in at Gallifrey. Oh, at the yeah, oh, I yeah. think you were on. Uh, you I was on. I was on. You were doing a panel that you had five people in the room because everybody else was seeing Sylvester. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so good. He was so. I, we t- I talked a lot about this when we talked about yeah. last year. But well, that's why Mel's like, you know, she's like, oh, you think he'll be on the panel? You think he'll be moderating? It's like, I don't think we'll be moderating his panel. Sylvester strikes me as a... moderates his own panel. Yeah, he strikes me as a pro at well, this point. Well, Barnaby and Biggs... Nicholas? Nicholas Briggs. Briggs? Yes, that's right. Nicholas Briggs were the moderators for his panel. And he just ran away with it. They hardly had anything to do with it. That's okay. I'll still sit up there while he talks. So, hopefully, we'll have more news about this uh, later. You but can expect we, from we, us. we are. I and you thought, and least. you thought we were excited when we announced Shatner. Oh I yeah, mean, come oh, on. yeah. This, this is, is 
For me, pff, Shatner's peanuts. This is awesome. I still think there's a possibility we might get a second who guessed. You think so? Yeah. All right, just just from the standpoint that you've got the entire cast of Next Gen except for Patrick Stewart, I really think Patrick Stewart's going to show up and be the surprise. And, you know, because he's such good friends with Bill, who's going to be there, so it makes sense that Patrick would come down and join his next-gen cohorts on stage. Well, because well, Shatner's moderating the next-gen yeah. panel. Too. Well, but you know who's joined at, at Patrick Stewart's hip at the moment is Ian McKellen. Ah, that would be a who guest. So we'll yeah. have the voice of the snowman, or the, the great intelligence there. I guess he wasn't really the voice of the snowman. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was the voice of the snowman. Maybe he was all... that. So, I think there's a possibility. I mean, how much would you all freak out? Okay, here's an interview with... <laughs> hey, oh, and there's that Hobbit connection. Because yep, Sylvester's always in the Hobbit. There. Gandalf, I mean... And an X-Men yeah. connection. And <laughs> Fandom imploded. <laughs> oh, that's going to be so crazy busy, though, that weekend. Wow. All right. Yeah, excited, well. excited. But there's also some good news at another convention that Sean's going to. And unfortunately, I learned this week that Chrissy is not. Yeah. yeah. What happened? I never responded she to her She had some message. car problems. Oh, and that no. has zapped her funds for what she has been saving. Chrissy. For So we've, we our, our representation of traveling the vortex is dwindling. At, no. We were going to have California. a party. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you, should, you should throw some crowdsourcing together. Crowdfunding. What is that called? I don't know. What is it called? I Kickstarter? Kickstarter. Yeah. You should Wait, just start a Kickstarter <laughs> campaign. You should start a Kickstarter campaign. For, well, if, if we're not going to do it because if I was going to start – I'm, I'm sorry, Chrissy, but if we were going to start a Kickstarter campaign, I'd start one for you guys to get there. But, um, yeah, yeah. We, should, we should do some sort of donation thing and get yourself drive. to the alley. A, a pledge, pledge drive to get Chrissy to <laughs> Calvary. Oh, why not? We've been pledge driving Doctor Who since the early days. And if you submit a pledge of five thousand dollars, <laughs> I'll give you my special, special weapons, weapons dollar. And in, in, in a few months, it might even be signed. Maybe. <laughs> um, that's, I'm now. I'm sad. I don't want to read yeah. this now. I'm bummed out. Um, well, uh, rubbing salt in the wound now, Chrissy. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, Arthur Darvel is coming to Galley. Yay. Who's that? Rory Williams. <laughs> no, Rory Pond. Rory Pond. Back his, to the Future, Rory. In his Back to the Future getup. Do you think he'll wear the vest? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've, I've seen him in interviews. Yeah, he's, 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 he's not a uh, not. He's not a flannel. And, uh, no, he's, he's a bit of a hipster. <laughs> yeah. Bit. Yeah. Um, so that, that's we, we've got Sixth Doctor, Eighth Doctor, Rose and Rory. I mean, that's it's going to be a huge con, big con. So, big, 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 big con. <laughs> and then, uh, what was our next one? Oh, uh, some awards were announced. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Who uh, had a great night at the National Television Awards. Their nation, not ours. <laughs> Their nation. Their audience. Uh, Matt Smith was honored first by picking up Best Drama Performance. He beat out Miranda Hart, Martin Clunes, and Maggie Smith. Some, some pretty big names that he won against. Yay, Matt! Yay, Matt! Yay. And, and the show won Best Drama. Fighting off Broadchurch, Downton Abbey, and Call the Midwife. A lot of people were very surprised by yeah. that. 
especially against Downton Annie. Downton Annie. Abby? Yes. Normally it's the first word we have problems with. <laughs> Downton but I, Abby. I applaud you. And no, I've got that Broadchurch got all sorts of... Broadchurch, uh, yeah. Acclaim. Well, yeah. And there's a lot of Broadchurch fans out there that are upset. <laughs> well, I can't say I'm sorry for and you. <laughs> I've been upset every time Doctor Who lost. Former Who star David Tennant lost to Benedict Cumberbatch's best TV detective. So, the Who cousin won an award also. <laughs> Is that how we justify That's how we justify anything Sherlock. It's the Who Cousin. Because it really is. It's in the top drawer there somewhere. Sherlock's in the top drawer. <laughs> Sherlock is in the top drawer. It's the wooden handle. I can deduce that because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm psychic. <laughs> no, I'm a great detective. <laughs> That's where he was hiding when he... Uh... <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> he was in my drawer. <laughs> uh, speaking of awards, Big Finish also won a drama award for best online or non-podcast audio drama at the 2014 BBC Audio Drama Awards. Congratulations to for Dark Eyes! Yay, Paul uh, McGann! Go, Paul! Directed by Nicholas Briggs. I think Paul had a lot to do with that too. I think he had a lot to do with that. Straxus. Who's Straxus? Straxus. Straxus. Spoilers. That looks so familiar. I don't want Straxus. That because just of Strax? Striker, 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 Striker! Ted Striker? <laughs> oh, okay. I, I think I know why. Okay, never mind. <laughs> it's a, he's a Time Lord spoiler. Spoiled yourself on something else, huh? <laughs> no, not really. I think we've encountered him. He's just, oh, yeah, he was, he's, he was, back. He's, he's a CIA guy, isn't he? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Celestial Intervention Agency. And then finally in news this week, Titan Comics and BBC Worldwide Americas have signed a deal to publish an all-new Doctor Who comic book adventures. So they're basically taking over the are license that over IDW, IDW has given them. Um, the adventures will feature the Doctors portrayed by David Tennant, Matt Smith, and Peter Capaldi. Does anybody know anything about Titan? I've I never they, heard of They them. produced... Um, it's UK based. Isn't yeah, it? they produced. Um, they produced the Torchwood comic. Yes, didn't they produce Doctor? Then weren't they like one of the sub publishers of? Uh, they previously published Doctor, Doctor Who? Who or Torchwood official magazine. Yeah, didn't they do a Doctor Who like the Adventures? They were like a co-publisher on something. I may be way off base on I this. I'm but, aware of. See, maybe I'm thinking of Torchwood. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Was it said? It's a it's the comics and graphic novel division of Publisher Titan, whose magazine subsidiary did the Torchwood official magazine. Well, back in the UK, so that's that'll be interesting. Yeah. I hope that doesn't mean absorbent amount of money for those of us overseas <laughs> to get the comics now. Trying to see what trying to get it get that home, so that I they think they are probably too. save some costs there too. So. Who knows how expensive that is for them to, you know, have something published over here and then. <laughs> you should aim it down. Oh, now. All right. Or maybe not. Anyway, so <laughs> let's move on to some feedback. First up, Dr. Phil sent in some audio. Let's give it a listen. Well, guys, Dr. Phil here kind of recording feedback as far from my face as possible while I am 
going driving in a whiteout on Interstate 80. This is kind of an adventure and a half, to be honest. Um, but as but was being warmed by your review of State of the Decay and sending in some feedback on um, both that and Warrior's Gate. Now I'm one who actually I really like Series 18. I don't really care for Series 19, and I think it's because I spent years with Tom Baker, and then it gets to Peter Davison. Um, and um, I, you know, I watched Castor Valva, and I struggled. I, you know, I enjoyed Earthshock, but through the rest of that first season of, of Davison, I really didn't, he did not grab me as a doctor at all at the time. I like him a good deal better now, but I, I really want to make a small rebuttal about the relationship between uh, Davison's doctor and Adric. And of course, it's really easy to, to attack Adric some more, but. Um, by the time you get to Trocken and Legopolis, um, there's a, begins to be a relationship between the Fourth Doctor and Adric, which is kind of, I guess, more paternal. And when you get to Davison, there's more character-wise for Tegan and Nissa to do that Adric always kind of gets left out. He's either the betrayer or the eater or the not-do-anythinger. <laughs> and... Um, and in fact, I think after these stories, Adric works better with the fourth Doctor than he does with the fifth Doctor. He's a more interesting character. I'm happy to see him get blown up with Davison because he doesn't do anything besides Castrovalva, where he's an important contributor to the plot, even though he's not present for most of the story. He's, you know, it's, it's just that the relationship is vastly different. Um, also, I'm one, I love series series 18, and I will defend it. To the end, and in fact, I found it more that Davison's that, that it was like, oh, good, we've got a big shoot in the arm for a vastly different vision, which, on some in some regards, is is more successful, and or you know, it means just vastly different than what we had before. And I I always give props to Doctor Who for doing something that's significantly different. And if you listen to John Nathan Turner's memoirs. Um, it kind of gets worse because he just he doesn't. Um, and Christopher Bidmead comments on Leisure Hive DVD and many of the others from that season that that the Jonathan Turner tried to tried to um, thought he had an idea about plot and story, which he doesn't. And anything that he gets his hands on, um, you know, Vervoids he script edited, and that's kind of I mean that's kind of a mixed mess. Um, I don't know is that I think that, that Series 18 does not have the run-out-of-money syndrome. Legopolis still is, 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 a, is a, a significant and positive end to a season where we often get the we've run out of money, you know, key to time, we're, I'm looking at you, um, where the um, production values fail. But, you know, I mean, even the Radiophonic Workshop doing all the music for Series 18 is so much thicker and more lush in series 18 than it ever will be in series 19 and 20 until probably the five doctors with Peter Howell. But there's, you know, even in this season, you've got great music in, um, in Trocken, in Leisure Hive. Um, at the time I wasn't a big fan of Patty Kingsland, to be honest, who did, uh, part of Megloss, um, State of Decay and Legopolis and also later Castor Valva. But, um, you know, if you listen to, if you listen back to back, um, Legopolis and Castor Valva. Um, Legopolis is thick and lush, and there's and, and Castor Valva a bit, a bit dark and somber, but um, Castor Valva is a lot lighter. I mean, it's probably also more optimistic, being the beginning of an era. But 
I don't know. It's, um, it's Warriors Gate is is was a really cool Peter House score, by the way. Um, is I think people often forget that that's Graham Harper's first directorial work on Doctor Who, uncredited. He does some work in Warriors Gate. Um, I think Warriors Gate is ambitious. It's creative. It probably, you know, I mean, it's definitely, I think Mark Ayers used this description once about Malcolm Clark. Um, and I think I'd use this with Warriors Gate. It's a bit of a Marmite um, sort of episode. You either love it or you hate it. And I'm one who, who falls on the love it. I, I just always like Doctor Who when it, I mean, sometimes you try something ambitious and it fails. There it happens. But it's like Doctor Who always has periods where it tries to be ambitious and tries to do cool and new things. And I mean, okay, sure, in some regards, the Merca, which you guys mentioned again last week, was a failure, but in certain regards, I mean, it's it's you know you're gonna you're gonna get that because sometimes they don't finish the creature. In that case, it was unfinished when it put before the camera, um, you know. But I, but 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 I I look at Warrior's Gate as being kind of a really cool vision, and it probably doesn't feel like Doctor Who, but you know, I mean, I'm one who doesn't particularly care for Rings of Akaten. Mostly because I think the music is just painfully corny all throughout. <laughs> it probably have been better if it was in an alien language, to be honest. But, um, but the thing I would would say is that it was ambitious and tried to do a lot. So while it might not be my cup of tea, that I still praise it as being as being one that sticks out in series seven B as being a more interesting one. I like Nightmare in Silver. There's certain things about it I don't like, but. You know, you add Willow into any episode, and it's going to be instantly more interesting, to be honest. Um, and I'm glad he was finally in Doctor Who. But um, I, 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 I agree with, I think, comments from both Lala Ward and Christopher Bidme that because of the expediency of the escape at the end of Warrior's Gate, that you kind of lose a little bit of the emotional punch for both the departure of Romana 2 and K-9 and... Um, you were commenting about um, um, the wrath of the Iceni, which is Iceni. Um, th- how much um, Leela was great in that story, and to be honest, in Big Finish, she's great in the Gallifrey audios. But Zagreus was her first time doing anything for Big Finish, and I think that's the one. That's the only audio of Big Finishes where I feel like Louise Jameson is almost just just trying to get back into the role. Everything she does after that is so amazingly well, well done. I mean, you know, because she she comments on the extras at Light of the End, you know, or is it the um, This Is Big Finish? I can't remember if it was, it was Light of the End extras of the This Is Big Finish, where, you know, it's like a job that she did for part of one year in 1977, and she's still doing it now, which is amazing. So, anyway, I've rambled a bit, but you guys have been great company through... Uh, a literal whiteout as it hits Chicago, and I'm trying to get home from concerts in um, in northern Indiana, um, northeast Indiana, anyway. So, anyway, can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about Warriors Gate. Um, some of the visions are cool. The some of the model work is really neat. Um, I think I think that's an era where Quantel digital technology really helps make for some interesting um, effects. And it's still funny. I look at Series 18 and the Quantel effects in that, and Megloss has the double-slaved cameras, which make that the model work and that work a lot better. 
And you look at Vervoids, which uses the same. I don't mean to just pick on Vervoids. It's just it uses the same Quantel um, equipment, but is so much less successful in some of its um, digital effects. But anyway, that's um, you know Sean would probably have the most to say about digital effects and all of this anyway. So I'm really curious to hear what he has to say about the model work in um, Warriors Gate. But anyway, for me, back back to being on the road, and for you guys. Please survive the polar vortex because, gosh darn, I'm sick of traveling that vortex, to be honest. And, oh, yes, um, yes, Vorkansens is awesome. And because I'm a Texas expat in Illinois, I can actually be credited as a vortexan. But anyway, that's, I, I remember that discussion from a long time ago, but I better just stop. Anyway, have, have a warm evening. Do something fun and who related. I don't know if you guys are getting snow right now as I record this today on Sunday, but anyway, keep the blue light flashing on top of the police box. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye. Thank you, Phil. And he included a PS with this message saying he got home safely. Yes. And we're glad for that. Nothing like driving in a whiteout. Yeah, no kidding. Phil, I, I want you to listen very closely. Okay, are you, are you leaned way in? Get your ear up against the speaker. Okay, here it is. That's the collective forehead slap. <laughs> the face palm of Rassilon that you got from the Traveling the Vortex gang when you said, ah, I'm just recording some feedback in a blizzard. <laughs> I understand you're tough and you're from Chicago and it's no big deal. You worry us, man. <laughs> just be careful. He's from Texas, but he's living in Chicago. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> We're glad you're okay. Yes, and uh, we certainly will touch on at least some of the stuff you talked about, Warriors Gate. You obviously still talked about uh, Season 18 as well, which yeah. <laughs> I, don't, we'll, we'll, I don't share your enthusiasm. We'll talk about, about it when we get there. <laughs> it is it's definitely better than Season 19. I'll give you that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Up next is Allison. Allison writes, comment question. Hey, guys. Thanks for reading out my feedback a few weeks ago. One more comment about the concept of a surprise regeneration. I'd love to see a modified version of that, a modified version that would hopefully make everyone happy. Like if the Doctor regenerated at the beginning of his final episode. Or even at the beginning of a season, and then the rest of the episode or season was flashbacks to see how they got to that oh, point. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's a clever cool. idea. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like. I think I read Moffat was thinking of doing something like that if David Tennant had decided to stay for a fifth season. I did recently see that, too. That it would have been kind of a flashback. That really it, not, cool. not so much yeah, that it would have like been that. a flashback of Matt Smith landing and then a flashback of how he got there, right, but right. it would have been... The tattered David Tennant showing up in Amelia's yard, him coming back fresh and clean and not remembering her. And so then the tattered version that first meets Amy is a future version of the Doctor. And so then we would spend the season getting to that point, was what Moffat's plan was, what he said, if Tennant stuck around. Uh, I think I think okay, that's crap. But I like this <laughs> no, idea. No, I, I like this idea. I think it's of, genius to go ahead and make the announcement. So and so is the new doctor, and then he shows up immediately yeah, in the first yeah. episode of you know the new season, whatever, and he's there, and in the middle of some big horrific 
event and they confirm that yes this we're not pulling your leg this is the doctor mm-hmm. and we fade to black and then it comes up and it says you know eight months earlier yeah and you spend yeah. the rest of the season with the guy you've been used to right, right. leading up to that moment that's cool It'd be That's one neat. step further from Impossible Astronaut. Yeah. That's really mm-hmm. what it would be. Push that envelope. I like yeah. that. I like it. Uh, last thought. A last thought about time of the Doctor. I wish they had made a bigger deal about the Doctor getting a new life cycle. I think the Doc. I think the Doctor Who fandom's insistence that 12 regenerations is a hard and fast rule is silly, given that it was basically a throwaway point in Deadly Assassin has been adhered to religiously when so many other things have been retconned. If you're going to hold that to the rule, I think it would be better to make it the central conflict of an episode or a season. That's a better way of, honor, of to honor something the fans have obsessed about for decades. I feel like Moffat threw this in at the last minute. Uh, yeah, I've been saying all along that I thought the 12 regeneration thing was kind of silly because... People were making such a huge deal about it when it really is kind of a, just a castaway reference. But because it had become such a big thing that people obsessed over, I think it. I think Moffat felt like his hands were tied and he kind of had to. Yeah, if it had been that. a one-time throwaway line, but the fact that it kind of, the thing the, is, though, the show didn't came back. That's, that's just it. Is that it was a, it was at the time when Deadly Assassin came out, it could have been considered a throwaway line. But then Deadly Assassin became the go-to reference guide, and they did keep well, it back so because, they, they because it was the Gallifrey in the movie, episode, and they, yeah. they confirmed yeah. it. The, I mean, it's just it's come back so frequently, not just among fandom, but within the show itself yeah. that they've true. referenced it. So, But I think that Moffat did not have to deal with that now. He just chose to find a vehicle to do so because he he obviously threw War Doctor in there. I which still stand by moved my, it closer, I, and then he threw in the the, re, the regeneration of uh, uh, Tenet's Doctor twice. So he knew they could throw that in there, and he just like we said, he moved the goalposts, and so they could use that opportunity to do it now. So I don't know. I don't know that it was last minute, but. I'm loving watching the eSpace trilogy and meeting Romana for the first time. I enjoyed State of Decay more than Full Circle. Both were decent, though. I loved Romana in State of Decay. Her classic episodes discussions are good motivation for me to go back and watch Classic Who for the first time. Question for you, particularly Keith. At what point did viewing Doctor classic Doctor Who go from being like an enjoyable school assignment to simply being fun? He's thinking. I don't think there ever was a point. I've always probably when I've we moved had it away fun. from. You've got to watch three episodes this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when it felt like I had to do a lot of. When we stopped having to cram a lot of in a week, this thing is when it moved, and it was it was still fun to watch them. I just felt more pressure to get them watched. Yeah. So I've always found them very fun. She continues with. Uh, I'm really liking Classic Who, but my motivation for watching is largely because I want to understand the history of the show rather than the pure love for the classic episodes. And I think that's where that comes in. I'm sorry, I wanted you to read that. Because I think when we were shoving a lot of stuff down your throat, because we were trying to give you a lot of history lessons, I can see where that might have felt the same way to you. Is While it was fun that you were watching them, you probably felt like it was more of a chore than a... 
Some letting it kind of wash over like a chore. you. So some, I think by some loos- episodes are harder to get through. So than maybe others. by loosening that, up I think a it has. Bit, it's made it more enjoyable. I think, I, I, and it depends on the story too. Some some stories feel like homework. Some stories are just fun. More fun recently. I can't remember the last ones that felt like homework. Good. You guys want to weigh in on that at all? But it's always been fun because I've been on board since Baker. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's 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 really hard for me coming from the classic series. I mean, I didn't. I obviously. But, but you've had to go back and rewatch all right. Of I, I well, but and not necessarily ones that you've liked. Well, here's the thing, though: is even even since we've come to this to start, <laughs> even since we well, that's true. I did go back and catch up in that interim between uh, seasons where I left and came back, but or yeah, shows where I came back. But even even in that case, I mean, I, I came from Classic Who, I know where it was, and then when I got back into Doctor Who from the new series, and I went back to catch up on some of the stuff that I hadn't seen in the past, it didn't even to me feel like a chore, or like a, not even a chore, like, like fun school homework, because... I wasn't having to do it. I was wanting to do yes. it because I, I remembered it we so much. I, I have this – Sean's probably the same way. We have this inner child that when we watch Doctor Who, I don't know about you, but that washes back over me. In fact, that inner child comes out, and I feel some of the emotions and and, and uh, consciousness that I had back then as a kid watching it. And even to this day, if I've seen something two or three times, I still – if I, it was once something that I saw as a kid – it still comes back, to me, and I, I'm almost like watching it through kids' eyes again. I just get giddy and excited about it. And so, even when I was going back and watching stuff to rewatch them, or not rewatch them, to watch them to catch up or fill in gaps for myself, it was still, I didn't quite get to that, you know, inner child coming out giddy because I'd seen it before, but I still had that, just those emotions of, especially like he said, we watch it on Friday night, we do Friday Night Who, and sometimes that just comes back like watching it Friday night on PBS. Yeah. It just, you know, it's just, so to me, it's never felt like, that because we came or I came from that era. So I think the only time for me that it's it's really felt like homework, homework. You know, we we joke about oh, you've got homework this week. Honestly, was the the Cyberman archive that we did when we watched Tomb of the Cybermen, the Silurian archive, the Silurian was tough too. yeah, and um, and the other one, and it had just come on the heels, I think, of the Silurian one, or, or maybe we did Silurians first and then Cyberman. I don't remember, but we we just got Silurians first because the Silurians was the first classic story I ever watched. Yeah. yeah. But there was a lot of, of Who watching that week. And it did. It got to the point where I couldn't sit down and enjoy it for watching Who because it was an assignment that I had to get well, done because we were under deadline to get in here. Also, I think we've, we've gotten to the points between the three of us that our collection is big enough. And back then, it was a little harder trying to figure out how we were going to watch these. Right. Yeah, that's and true, now true. it's a lot easier. That's true. That's yeah. true. It, uh, <laughs> I, when, if I have to sit down at my computer to watch something, I don't tend to enjoy it as much as right. if I'm watching it on my TV. Yeah. Right. And Allison, if well, we've learned some lessons from the old days too well, of how yeah. to pace ourselves out yeah. so that we can do these reviews. Try not to burn everything out now. Right. But no, I agree with you. The 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 the, the joy has always been there. It's it's still there. I mean, because it, it, it does. It's that inner child coming out and 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 just sitting and still even with a new series episode. It's weird, but I'll sit down and watch a, a new episode, you know, a brand new episode. Hey, we've never seen this before. Here's, you know, Time of the Doctor. And I'll sit down and watch it, and the show starts. And, okay, some weird sci-fi thing, blah, blah, blah. And the TARDIS shows up, and it just, that's my emotional center. That's where it's. And then the theme music The theme music comes up, and the vortex, and it's like, okay, I'm ready to go. 
And Allison, I don't know how long you've been going back and watching classic. It sounds like really recent, fairly recently, especially since some of our discussions have prompted you to do so. But I know one of the things that, and I'll just put this out there because I don't know if it relates so much, but Caitlin, my daughter, she watches classic who with me. And I think sometimes she watches classic who, because she just is curious about the classic series. Um, I think part of it is because she enjoys, it's something we do together. And so she enjoys that aspect of it, even if it's, you know, an episode or a story that she doesn't like particularly or doesn't get into. But there's that, there was that one. And I, I think I've talked about this before. There's this one moment where we were doing Friday Night Who and she started to join us and we were going back and she had seen, you know, we, we watched all of the uh, new stuff as we were going backwards and we got to Vengeance on Varos and we watched that and it would have been one I never expected her to like. <laughs> And she loves Vengeance on Vero. So she found that story that she has just a pure love with. In fact, she's watched it again since. Really? Wow. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things, Allison, I think that maybe maybe you'll just hit one of those stories. And in fact, I think that's that was her motive. that was Caitlin's motivation to keep going and watch Friday Night Who with us as we went because she found one and I think she wanted more of those, you know, nuggets that she's she could find. In fact, I think she ended up liking um what did we do? Oh, her and I watched Planet of Giants the the, the next day because we didn't watch it for who she had a basketball game and she ended up loving that one as well. So it's it's one of those things I think that maybe she didn't touch the seeds, did you? She didn't touch the seeds. <laughs> Good thing she didn't touch the seeds. Yeah, <laughs> thank God. But um, she, uh, but I, I think maybe that the, as you watch, there might be ones that kind of are a little more endearing to you and then maybe that kind of opens that up and makes it less of a, a, a history lesson and more of a, or a fun history I, lesson I, and more of a love I think for the that's The curiosity for the history is a great reason to step into the sh- classic era and hopefully while doing that you will find your yeah. Vengeance on Barrows that get, just gives you glee. Didn't it come kind of come down that way for you with Tomb? With Cyberman? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's Cybermen, so that helped. I don't yeah. remember why. I well, liked... we hadn't watched much Cybermen before that, so I mean, that no, was it's true. Kind of, it that was... was one of the first ones that we watched. Oh, let's see, because we did the Silurians, and I was kind of, yeah, those are fun, you know, and then I was just blown away by the storytelling right. with when right. we got the tomb and then the invasion, because right. we did those on the same story, right? right? Yeah. And then we did Earth Earthshot near there, yeah, too. and Earthshot, yeah. all yeah. three Earth of Shock. those, and I, the storytelling in those stories. <laughs> Let's hit you over the head with how cool Cybermen <laughs> are by giving you all three of these in the same. And that's and that, that's probably that's, what we we created that's the monster. Why Cybermen and then Classic Who in general is because the story to I. I saw the great rubbery monsters, and then I saw the great storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then later, I've seen them combine. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, she continues, By the way, have you covered War Games, Deadly Assassin, or Talons of Wang Chang yet? No, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. 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 Oh, yeah, War Games. I was thinking uh, War Machines. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, she says... Those three are the top of my classic to-watch list. If you've already covered them, what episodes were they in? Wow, if only we War had games. a thing on the website <laughs> that allowed War you... War Games is episode number 69. Oh, look, you found it. Uh, Without your cumbersome uh, <laughs> labor-intensive... 30 was Deadly Assassin. Hold on. Talons is relatively recent. I missed like, miss, miss all year. the assassin when I searched the first I think it was last time. summer. I think it was, no, it was, it was a Halloween. It was last Oh, so it, I think two it was last ago. Halloween. Episode number Halloween 96. Ago. Was that last Halloween? 
No, it was two Halloweens ago, wasn't it? Episode 96. Yeah. <laughs> October 29th. What was last Halloween? Blue? Yeah. 2012. It was last Halloween. Yeah. Was it really? Last Halloween? Uh, 2012. Well, no. 2012. What was Halloween this year? I don't recall. (laughs) Friday night and 10... It's a problem is we don't Oh, really Terror, Terror of the Zygons was the. Was oh, right. Terror of the Zygons. So it was, was, so was, was, was two Halloween. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. God, <laughs> we've been doing this so long. Uh, Allison, just so you know, you can just search the title of the story on our website on the little search bar because we tag all of our podcasts with the episodes that we review. Not to mention that even if it's not tagged with that, it'll find it in the body of the. the yeah, and, and you'll find any well. posts that we made about those stories. Yeah. But yes, we have covered them, and uh, I, th- I think um, not to tip our hand or, or make you go back and re-listen to things. But the war games we actually split up, didn't we? Or did we talk about that all? We in talked one? about it. We watched it over two weeks. We watched it over two weeks. We enjoyed war games. Brief encapsulated review. We enjoyed war games, but we think it's a little overblown for what uh, you get out of it. I think we all love Deadly Assassin and Talons. We kind of come down on the opposite end of fandom, which uh, all of fandom says, oh, Talons is the greatest thing ever. Well, let's be fair. Most of fandom. Most of fandom comes down and says, oh, it's the greatest thing ever, and we were kind of like, eh. <laughs> yeah, we weren't too impressed we by weren't it. We weren't too We're not terribly impressed by it. So, I'd be interested in having you write back in after you watch yeah. the yeah. listen to our comments so, so, and kind of you know, see these, what you think of three, them, so. so Terrific. She rounds it out with, anyway, thanks as always for the lovely podcast, and I can't wait to watch Warriors get with you, Allison. All right. And thank you for writing in. Yes, absolutely. Up next, Holly. Holly writes, long letter ahead, Warriors Gate and the eSpace trilogy as a whole. Hey guys, great last podcast. I've got another long letter. No, it's not the book review on the lives and times of the Doctor. I'm a fast reader, but not that fast. <laughs> I'm taking my time with this one. I've just started the fourth Doctor section, and it's... Well, you must be fast, because you were just starting three last week. Uh, I don't know how long the sections are, but... <clears throat> I've just started the fourth Doctor section, and it's good. It has transcripts of Sarah Jane dictating some of her adventures of the Doctor to Canine. So my apologies to whomever has to read it. <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question as to who my Doctor is... Well, and this is the, based on the uh, minifig. Yeah, that the we vinyl asked, figures. Vinyl figure. Or the vinyl figure. Is the first Doctor Who story that you've seen count as your Doctor or the one that you connect with the most? Because my very first memories of Doctor Who was when I was at a very young age, maybe three or four, and I turned on the TV to the local PBS station hoping to probably catch an episode of Sesame Street and saw a man with very curly hair, a long scarf, and a robot dog. Asked the relative who happened to be with me what this show was, and they said, oh, it's Doctor Who. I shrugged my soldiers, watched a little bit more, and then went on to do something else. Don't even ask me which episode it could have been. <laughs> well, let's see. Canine was in it, so we got... <laughs> uh, I was Warrior's Gate, serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> then years later, uh, I heard about the Doctor Who reboot that Fox was going to air. I even remember setting the VCR to tape the TV movie. To this day, I still don't know where that tape went. The scavenger hunt I went on before the DVD got released through all my VHS tapes that weren't labeled and even labeled was pretty epic. <laughs> so glad that we have the DVD of the movie now. I remember her talking about that yeah. going through and looking for her copy. Years later, when I got really into the Doctor Who fandom was toward the very end of my college years. I really have to thank a few of the girls that were on the same floor as me. We shared a lot of the same interests. Star Trek, Star Wars, had the same taste in music. And one of the girls, Sarah, 
not Keith Sarah, <laughs> had a picture of Tom Baker as the doctor by her computer. And I was like, I've seen that face before. I asked her, that's the doctor, right? I think I may even said Tom Baker as well. And the look on her face, a grin from ear to ear. I think that night, Sarah and I got together with a few more of her friends and we watched some Doctor Who. The first Doctor Who story I remember seeing at the time was The Five Doctors, which I loved. And it gave me a taste for quite a few of the Doctors. With New Who, my first episode happened to be a Tenth Doctor episode. It was New Earth. And then I quickly went back and watched Nine. Why I missed out on New Who right away was because of the lag time the first few seasons mm-hmm. got in their airing. And I never knew when it was going to be on. So depending... Stupid city. <laughs> my Doctor could be any number based on what I've stated. But I think that who you call your doctor is the one that you connect with the most. Can it change? I think so, and that's okay. Sitting and thinking about the doctor that I seem to connect with the most right now is 11. So yes, I got my doctor. (laughs) You're three for three. Oh, good. Thanks, Holly. She justified it. She justified it. (laughs) Warrior's Gate. Interesting story and an interesting conclusion to the E-Space trilogy as a whole. Did not like Rorvik when at all when he stepped onto the screen. His wanting to use Romana to pilot their ship after he found out that she had knowledge of time travel put him more into the guy I love to hate in this episode. <laughs> the thrall, the Therals were an interesting race in how they used time travel. Oh, the abuse the poor canine took in this episode. The Doctor may just want to keep him inside the TARDIS. At least canine was able to be repaired by the Therals thanks to Birok letting the Doctor know. The whole traveling the timelines the Therals did was interesting. I'm so very glad the Therals didn't see the Doctor as an enemy time traveler that needed to be taken care of. I thought that the special effects that were used to show the Doctor, Romana, and Beric traveling through the timelines was well done, considering the time period they were done in. This is also the goodbye for Romana and K-9. Romana said that she needed to be her own person, and that helping Beric and the other Therals free their people was what she needed to do. I loved how the Doctor responded to Adric's question of if Romana would be fine. When he answered that she'd be superb, I couldn't agree more, and that response was so him. As a whole, there were some good moments and some not-so-good moments, but I think the story wraps up pretty nicely. The Doctor still has someone to travel with and won't be alone. Time to wrap this up. I know there's more feedback to be read, and I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on this story. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Very good. All right, our last bit of feedback comes from Chrissy. And Chrissy writes, Our subject nine is... Line is, and the winner of this week's show title, <laughs> The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Dear, I can't believe I can't believe I didn't think of that. Even we had sleeping lions, too. Dear Vortex Boys, see, this is what <laughs> you do with Sherlock and the Super Bowl. You DVR Sherlock and watch the Super Bowl. Barring that, you can watch Sherlock the next day on PBS web, PBS's website, which is what I've been doing with Downton Abbey. No need to be competitive between a favorite TV show and the biggest sporting event of the year. In my family, we look forward to the Super Bowl the same way we look forward to Christmas. How do you avoid the spoiler? (laughs) (laughs) If you don't have access to it, how do you avoid spoilers? (laughs) What if you DVR Sherlock and uh, DVR the game and watch Sherlock? That's a better option. Oh, but then you might get spoiled on the winner of the game. Uh, who cares? How do you avoid spoilers? You're such not a sports guy. Uh, all right. Before anyone gives me any grief about it, yes, I watched Downton Abbey too. It's got Professor McGonagall and Harriet Jones elegantly snarking at each other, but also being friends. What more can you ask for? Okay, now wait. So I'm I'm so far behind. Is it Downton Abbey two? 
<laughs> and it's T O O Downton Abbey two as in Downton Abbey as well. Oh, yeah. so I'm still only one show behind. Yes. Okay. Good. All right. Since Keith brought it up last week, I've got to talk about Outlander. It actually takes place in 18th century Scotland around the same time period that Jamie McCrimmon's from. In fact, the main male character is loosely based on Jamie. The author, Diana Gabaldon, was looking to write a novel just to see if she could do it. She never actually planned on publishing it, but she just kept writing, and she was told that it was really good, so she sent it to the editors, and it got picked up, and now is a best-selling series. Anyway, she said in interviews that she initially got the idea uh, to set it in Scotland when she saw Patrick Troughton on Doctor Who, story on PBS, and she thought that Jamie looked very, quote, fetching, end quote, in his <laughs> kilt. Her main character is actually called Jamie, though he is very different from the Doctor's Jamie. The time travel aspect came in when she thought her main female character would be more modern, and she wanted to see how a contemporary woman would, quote, cope in the 18th century. It's kind of hard to pigeonhole it into a specific genre because there is the time travel aspect that makes it sci-fi, but it reads more like a historical novel. Plus, there's a romance element to it as well. I've read the first book, and it's quite good. I want to read the second, but I haven't gotten a lot of time to do that lately. I'd recommend it if the premise sounds interesting to you. It's certainly not for everybody, but I really liked it. I'm not sure I'll watch the TV show, though. It's on Stars, and I don't have access to that channel. Enough chit-chat. I'd forgotten that <laughs> until I read her email that the character's name was Jamie. Because Sarah read, start, tried to read the first book, and she was telling me about it. And I thought, well, that sounds a lot like Jamie McCrimmon. And, well, I wonder if she was inspired by Doctor Who. Well, and I tried to look it up, and I couldn't find anything anywhere well, on it. So I'm glad she was able to verify it. Ask a librarian. Apparently. <laughs> she just sent her an email. That's right. Enough chit-chat. On to my reviews. Warrior's Gate. One thing I noticed about all three of these stories is that I have a hard time pinning down any sort of strong opinion on them. I don't absolutely love them, but I don't absolutely hate them either. They're all just kind of there for me. But Warrior's Gate is a lot like State of Decay in that there are some neat issues here, but they aren't flushed out as well as they could be. Probably even less so than State of Decay because I really had a hard time putting things together and understanding what was even going on. I guess I just... uh, I guess I just like bits and pieces of it. But the effects are really good for 1981. I will say that much. I don't know. Maybe I'd get more out of it on a rewatch. But then again, I don't think I'm that eager to watch it again. Though, why does Romana have to suddenly leave? It's like she's at the end of the episode and it's all, whoops, my contract's run out. I'll see you later. I'm curious when she gets up to East Base. and I'm curious what she gets up to in East Base. And I wouldn't mind a big finished series of her adventures among the lion people particularly since they brought her back to regular space. Uh, hang on, sorry. Uh, why do you do that right in the middle of my show? Stop. Sorry. Apologies, Chrissy. The virus tracker kicked in, and that kills the show sometimes. So I'll back up here. I'm curious what she gets up to in East Space and wouldn't mind a big finished series of her adventures among the Lion people, particularly since they brought her back into the regular series and made her president of Gallifrey. It's like, how did she get back? Will we ever even know? And why did K-9 have to leave too? Well, because K-9 only would work behind the mirror. Yeah, I think they made that The Space Trilogy as a whole. Maybe this is just me noticing this, but none of the titles in this trilogy seem like traditional Doctor Who titles. Usually there's something like The X of Y or The Adjective, <laughs> e- 
objective noun, but none of these really are. All three of these stories also has such different tone for most of the Fourth Doctor stories that I'm used to. But again, that could be just that this is a transition from the show, uh, with it being Tom Baker's last season and setting the stage for Peter Davison to come in with new companions of su- and such. Of course, keeping with classic Who tradition, the East Space trilogy is the only trilogy is only a trilogy in the loosest sense of the term. There is a common thread running through the stories, but they're not really connected at their core. See also the Black Guardian trilogy and the Key to Time series. I can't say that I absolutely love this trilogy, but there are some interesting ideas, and I do like that they're continually trying things <clears throat> and keeping the stories fresh and inventive. Reminds me a lot of what Stephen Moffat does, but in a totally different direction. And on that note of entirely non-committal opinion, I shall (laughs) sign off and wish everyone good night, day, week, whatever. Chrissy. So really for Chrissy, this is the eh space trilogy. (laughs) This is the meh space trilogy. Or the eh. Yeah, it'd be more eh. Eh space. Eh. Eh. The meh space trilogy. No, it's more eh. 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 So you gotta work off the E. Meh is more of a, like, not quite like it. Eh is kind of the. Uh, That's the non hater. I'm not gonna commit an opinion to I it. Love it. <laughs> well, let's move on to our reviews. Warrior's Gate. Still lost in e-space, the TARDIS is hijacked by a time-sensitive creature. It brings the Doctor Romana, Adric, and Canine to a crumbling ruin in a lonely white void, where another ship is also stranded and in trouble. Will the TARDIS and its crew ever escape this strange other world? The answer lies inside the gateway, but as the Doctor is about to discover, not everyone wants to go home. Crickets? Chirp, chirp. Meh. Meh. <laughs> oh, good. I'm not going to be alone this week. <laughs> I can't justify giving this one the horn. You know what I realized while reading this and thinking about it now? You didn't like it? <laughs> <laughs> it almost feels like a Sixth Doctor story. Maybe that's that the two... Workers that gave it kind of a vengeance on Varos feel. I don't know. It could be. It just does not feel like a Fourth Doctor story to me. And so it kind of feels like this story shoehorned in a certain Doctor's time when it shouldn't be. That, that I could buy. Um, here's the deal. I, I don't feel. I, I don't feel like I could give the story the horn because that would imply a a, a stronger reaction to it. Than what I think it really warrants. I agree with some of what Doctor Phil said. There, there's the, the effects, the, the effects are good. The models, the makeup, I think is all fantastic. I like these cat people way better than the ones in the survival. <laughs> I think there's some interesting story ideas. That, that there's this <clears throat> void where they've managed to somehow, because really, they're at, at this point they're not in e space anymore. No, they're at somehow they've managed to get out with whatever they were doing in the TARDIS. Well, they're at coordinate zero. They, 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 they crossed into the border between e space and, 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 and normal space. But why is I, I why, like, why is the wonderful architecture there? Why why is the gate? None I, I, of that's I, explained. I, it's, it's not explained, but I extrapolated the idea that okay, 
This is no space where they're at. Same as with the Mind Robber. And then they get into that pocket universe. That's just one of the... That, that a wonderful architecture is just one of the gateways to another universe in the zero coordinates, in the nothing. It's like a big corridor in space, in dimensions, that you go through to get to other dimensions. Okay, that it's, justifies it's, it a little bit better for that, me. That's how I can... It's a dark tower thing, okay. That's how I can theorize it. That's, that's, I think that's what it's they were intending. Point. I, don't, I don't know if that's... If I'm wrong, I don't know, but... No, it seems I'll, to me I'll what they were, they were implying and trying to portray. They just didn't do a very good job of it. I, well, that's just it. Is there, there's a lot it's of... It's not until I sat down later and thought about it, and was like, oh, that's why they're in nowhere. There's a lot of, hey, look at this, but... It, and it's hard to get out of nowhere. It, it, do, it doesn't if do anything. I think that's the biggest problem that I've really got with this episode is we, we've got these cat people who are warriors who apparently were not very nice overlords at one point in time because their slaves rose up and, and revolted against them by creating the, um, uh, whatever they call the Gumps. The yeah, Gundams. Those Gundams. Robot they were Gundams. Gundam, Gundam robots. Gundams? I'm pretty sure. Whatever but they Gundams. were. <laughs> no, Gundam, like the Japanese anime. Oh, Gundam. 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 Whatever they were. Not um, Gangnam. So the, the, the robots rose up and well, cast Gundam them out. style. <laughs> and then yeah, they had to learn some humility by being enslaved by, apparently, everyone else throughout E-Space. Um, you kind of got what you were... You know, got what was coming to you, really. But, okay, maybe you've learned your lesson, and now we're going to go in and inside a whole bunch of riots and revolutions to free the peoples. Eh, okay. That's that's a fine and dandy interesting story, but why does it have to be couched among this we got the ship and it's stuck here and a non-likable captain and we're slaving him to the computer to take us nowhere because we can't figure out nowhere on our own. Well, we I can't think- get anywhere because we're nowhere. I it just I don't know. <laughs> I got, nothing I, happens. <laughs> nothing does happen in the story. I mean, they're trying to escape, and I think the problem is they captured these lion people, and they're supposed to help them pilot through the void. But for some reason, like, they're stopping that from happening? Uh, did you get that impression? Okay. Then. No, I, no, go on. <laughs> I just, just, so, Maybe you'll fix it. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that, but I didn't. I didn't I, I, care that much. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's why they can't leave is because they were relying on their the the, the, the what are they called the B-Rock, lion people the lion people B rock um, the thralls therals therals were basically their warp cores. I mean, they they were their hyperspace navigators. Yeah, yeah right. they were de- they were definitely. And that's why they couldn't. They were leave. using them as seers in order. Yeah, to... so they could tell where they're going. Right. So I, I guess your complaint with that part of it, I don't understand. Well, I, I agree that once they land and everything, nothing. Once once B Rock escapes, nothing really happens. But why the but, mood on the but ship? But that's how we got B Rock to back to his people. Right. The mood on the ship is that they've been stuck for a while. That there's nothing, that they have been in this void for a very long time. And they're tired of being in the void. Well, you've got the Lion Man hooked up to the computer, and you're not going anywhere. 
And the oh. captain even makes the one comment about you're doing this on purpose or something to that effect. Well, okay, I can buy that Birok wants to... He knows where he's at. He probably led them into the void in the first place to, to save get his home. people. Yeah. And he's just biding his time waiting for an escape attempt. Okay, I'll buy that. But if... The, <laughs> You, you, you can't navigate the ship without one of these guys, and he brought you into the void, and now you can't get out of the void. Well, you could hardly do less than to unplug him and try navigating it on your own. I mean... The design of the ship doesn't make much sense if you need a time sensor to pilot it. Yeah, who knew, who knew that Serenity was a, uh, a time <laughs> That design, yes. Case of uh, art imitating influence, or... or <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know, I just... I think my, like I said, I think my biggest complaint is that there's there's four episodes where nothing happens, and we get some backstory on the lion people. It feels more like nothing happened this week than last week, to at least me. Last week's compared a romp to compared to this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last week's chock full of action, adventure, excitement, intrigue, and all kinds of other things compared <laughs> to this void in which nothing happened. Um, you know, it, it, the ship's there and it doesn't move. It doesn't go anywhere. We walk. We have really cool. We stole this from the Cybermen in Tenth Planet scanner devices <laughs> with ticker tape. Only one of them inside of them. Um, Everything in this area had ticker tape, though. Yeah. Well, that's why it was so big. There was a giant adding machine <laughs> inside the right. inside the scanning unit. But um, it just. Nothing happens. It just, it's, it's not that it's a bad story. It's like I said, I can't hate on it because I don't feel enough. It's one of the I, few stories I'm indifferent to. Yeah, that's that's indifferent. That's really the best way to describe it. I don't care enough to hate on it. I really don't. It's just it, it washed over me and was meh. And I, I really, I really remember thinking as I was. And I'll, I will be honest, I. Closed my eyes a couple of times watching it Friday night. I don't know if it was because I had a long day or just because it was slow and plodding and boring. But, you know, I kind of found myself, you know, doing this because it was lulling me into La La Land. And um, James didn't make it. He was like, so why did Romano leave? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He says, well, he says, I'll be honest. He says the boo at the end of the episode is what woke me up <laughs> at the end of the credits. <laughs> He says, so, so why'd you leave? I, like, I don't know. We didn't explain it. She just needed to be on her person and decided this was the time to do it. He's like, oh. They tried to... I was hoping that wasn't the reason, but... Uh, they did it better with Nisa. Yeah. And telegraphing the idea that this is where she needs to be. But See, I, they, they tried to do that here with... But it comes across like when Ramona asks Adric who he... <laughs> What happens if I divorce a doctor? What? Who, you're my kid. Who are you going to go with? Is essentially the question he asks him. And you get the impression more that that's when we get back to Gallifrey is why she's asking that question, not because she's going to leave now. Right. And it's it's just very sudden. They tried to set up the ideas, but there's the overhang of Gallifrey that she doesn't want to return to that overshadows the idea of her leaving. See, I... The, the leaving part I have the least amount of problem with because it's it's all kind of conveyed between her and Barak there at the end when she's when he's talking about what she can do and help how Sorry. she has to help them and and she actually the conversation is more between Ramon and, and Canine where she says he says we are able to uh, basically or Canine says we're able to I've got 
basically the schematics. The schematics for a TARDIS. We can build one. I got the impression from this and that little conversation was this was she does she's not ready to return to Gallifrey. She's learned a new life that she likes and she appreciates, and I think she has much respect for the Doctor. And I think that's conveyed mostly in this episode more than it is anything. Well, there is that nice bit of you got to start learn how to take orders, and so she starts. So there's this admiration and respect for what he's doing, and I think that there's this, and it goes all the way back to like uh, Revelation or uh, Revelation uh, Destiny of the Daleks, where Romana's basically dressing like the Doctor. It gets to this point where she wants to do what the Doctor's doing, and I think she would have been more than happy to continue on with the Doctor doing the things that they're doing. And I, you get the impression that that's what she wants to do at the beginning of the East Space trilogy because she's not ready to go back to Gallifrey when they're called back home. She sees this as an opportunity, just based on this little conversation. You can tell she saw this as an opportunity to do the same thing that he's doing in E-Space by helping these lion people, essentially, free their people. They're going to have... She's going to share with them uh, the the mechanics of time travel, and he's going to help her, essentially, set up her mission to go off with K-9 and and explore and and do the things that the Doctor's doing. So I didn't have a problem with that at all, because I thought that was conveyed nicely in this story. And that's how... She's going off to do that kind of thing. I have no problem with any of that, except that last part about I'm going to give them time travel. Now, the, no, they, they have time they travel. They have time travel. They cross the time streams. They, they sail the time the winds. Time right. they, they, they she's giving these, them the mechanics of time travel so that they can utilize what they already know better and get across the galaxy to find, or the e-space to find <laughs> their, their other com- imprisoned com- uh, com- uh, But they used to be bad companion. guys. Doesn't anybody have... Well... <laughs> it shouldn't at one point, shouldn't have the doctor kind of said... I'm not saying... Mm, I, I'm, not defending, I'm not defending here. that. I'm just defending why Romana's right. No, and it I, makes I, sense. I think what they try to do in this story is justify that by... Uh, let me go back and do my review because I haven't talked about this yet. Whereas, I, I completely disagree with Dr. Phil. I think that this story got overambitious, and while I don't think it failed, I think it didn't quite get there. It just misses the mark. And it doesn't just miss the mark. It misses by a long way, but it doesn't fail, because it is quite interesting in the concepts and whatnot. I think that the, the, the story there is trying to build layers on layers. It, it's trying to use... Um, allegories or, or illustrations of the slaves becoming the slavers in more way than ways, ways in one. These kings became slaves because they were overthrown. The ship, the crew of the ship has become slaves because they're slaved to their ship essentially trying to figure out how to get movement out of this. So I think they're tr- it was trying to build on these different layers. And I think in the course of all that, it's a learning point for the those that were once rulers that became slaves. And I think the ship crew don't learn their lessons, being the kings becoming slaves. But the lion people, whatever their names were, whatever their real therals, the therals were kings and learned in their imprisonment as slaves their lesson, essentially. And because of their assistance and, and help of the doctor, he, he showed their past and kind of proved to the doctor that they were a changed being, and they learn from their their slavers, 
what it was like for them, you know, them being slaves. So I think that's what it's trying to do. Now, did it do it well? No, it did not do it well. I'm not defending it. But I think that's where that goes. And so that's why I almost qualify the fact that, yeah, they were bad people, but Ramana's going to help them now because they've learned that they can, they can grow as a species now. But they have to be removed from well, their shackles. Now, Ramana was who, very much against the idea of these slaves, any slaves in general. Yeah, exactly. She was very much wanted to free right. the slaves. So it so doesn't that, matter that they did something bad in the past. They don't deserve... She may not elevate them back to their previous status, but they don't deserve will. to be slaves. But I also get the impression that they don't want to go back to yeah. them. They, they're ready to change. I also agree with Chrissy that this would have been a wonderful chance for Big Finish to tell us what happened yeah. here and explore that. And find out what the Therals went on to do. And wouldn't it be incredible that if they really kind of, Romana helped them and then they turn around and, and they just completely turn on her and they do rise to you know, <coughs> power and she has to kind of shut them down. And I mean, I just, I, I, there's all sorts of opportunities there to tell stories. I think there's a great I springboard here. Yeah, and springboard. and that, that I see, that I see the potential for this. I just, I, I'm very frustrated that it, it's, it's not one of those stories where, oh, it had so much potential and it was squandered. I feel like there were one or two nuggets that, could have been expanded on, and they, they could have done any of this. We could have had any of these stories told, and instead we got four episodes of... It's not even set up. It just... Well, and here's here's what I think happens, too, is I think whoever the production designer or the director or whoever's doing this, and, and there is... I, I don't know much about it, and I need to go back and look, but there is a reason why Graham Harper is uncredited as a director on this, because I think the director... <laughs> There was an issue behind the scenes, and Graham ended up having to step in and really do a lot of the direction of this. Uh, so I think that, that it probably suffers there. Well, it sounds the like there was also two different phases of the script development for the story, mm-hmm. as it was like, as it was still being. Yeah, the worked. first the first script was they were going to exit via eSpace through a political thriller involving Gallifrey. Yeah, was the original which idea. might have been even better if you'd asked. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, see so, that one. <laughs> so what this what, what this does do is it's it's almost like we don't have a lot to go on, so we're going to use our color separation overlay or chroma key, whatever you want to call it, and really wow you. And the other thing that I think was really really dazzling about this is, is the set of the interior of the starship. And I know we say, oh yeah, those great sets. This was really cool because they used a lot of those upward angles. They used the different tier of, of, yeah. of you know the two well, tier shots. Yeah, we had we had up here and down here, and it was and they moved that camera around, and we were everywhere and doing everything. That was neat. And the problem with that, I think, is then something has to suffer when you start doing something that uh, it doesn't have to, but a lot of times something does, and sometimes a lot of that comes about at, on the back of a good story or something like that. So I think that might have been and you know yeah. something that happened here as well. So. Ooh. So um, there is. I'm kind of meh on this story as well, as far as it comes down. It, it was. It wasn't. It didn't. I didn't hate it, but it doesn't. I. I still liked this better than State of Decay, but not. I just much think you were. No. No. I think I liked this one State better because the peak of this. Yeah. <laughs> I liked this one better because. I don't, I don't know why I like this one better. I think because there's more canine and because Romana gets a really nice little. To me, gets a little a nice little farewell at the end. Plus, Adric seems. Adric, Ad, of, of the three stories, this Adric is a well, little bit better. Well, here's why Adric's better than this. Because he spends two thirds of this story walking around in the void. Flipping <laughs> a coin. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. We were chanting, get lost, get lost, get lost, get lost. You have to admit. You have to admit. You can have my ear. I'm so out of here. You have to admit. You did kind of get a little bit of a 
yay when Adric shows up on the big gun and says, you know, I don't know what any of these well, numbers no. do. I had a little moment of, hey, you go, Adric. That was a good moment for Adric. <laughs> I, Adric will, I will if, give you that. If, if that had been included in a question two weeks ago, <laughs> I think Adric, Adric would have scored a lot of points for that one. He came to. He did come to the rescue. You have to admit, he, came he did to come to the rescue. In that, he's getting better. After he spent two thirds of the story, after he spent two thirds of the story flipping <laughs> a coin, lost, stay in the TARDIS. Okay, and he wandered off. I mean, you know, he's he's, he's doing at least some companion like yeah. things. In, well, in and he, he kind of makes up for trying to sell out, uh, sell Romana down the river last time because this time when he finds out she's in trouble, he's off to rescue her. Yeah, and it's a gallant effort to go rescue her this time. Yeah. It's not a uh, okay. You can have her. <laughs> the um, now the effect, once they went through the mirror into the weird the MC Escher painting black and actually white. wasn't even Escher. It was just Ansel Adams. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah, Ansel Adams. So the very black yeah. and white, uh, you know, static images with them in color. I don't, I don't know about you. You guys have, have you seen Twice Upon a Time? I know you have. Mm-hmm. You Doesn't know. ring a bell. It's a, it reminds you of Twice Upon a Time at all? A little bit. Just it's that, a George Lucas animated thing that he did in the 70s, eight, I think, eight, or late, eight, early eight, 80s, something. I believe it was. Yeah. And it was, it, was, it was really kind of surreal and imaginative. And as a kid, I watched it a lot, but I didn't think I ever got a lot out of it until I saw it much later <laughs> when I was older. Um, but yeah, a little, a little kind of Kind of that yeah. feel. So I like those Figments segments because they're very... It was wow inducing because the, the those particular scenes, it was like wow this is something I've never seen before with this at least certainly not in Doctor Who that this weird kind of it created a whole other dimensional effect for what they were doing and it wasn't a, a, a camera blur or yeah, a no. yellow lens or something I mean or them shaking and doing duplicates yeah I mean like it just had this very cool effect unfortunately once again nothing happens. It's just and they don't explain it's eye candy. Yeah. It's eye candy. Yeah, I mean, it's it, two tiered sets and and very clever color separation overlay. Yeah, I mean, CSO. Just, nothing happens in this other dimension. So you know, we we don't explain why canine because he got blasted by the time winds will be fixed on the other side of the mirror. It just kind of is what it is. I was like, eh, okay, I'll I'll, I'll 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 let that go. I don't know. There's a lot that I really want to pick on, but like I said, I, I kind of keep coming back to the I'm ambivalent about it because there's just not enough there for me to bother with. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, I, I I agree. With you. I think the potential is great if somebody wanted to go back and maybe <laughs> maybe this one needs a novelization. <laughs> we need Gareth Roberts to step in and go. Here's what was actually going on in Warrior's Gate, and just give maybe. it to us in book form, and we go. Oh, I see. But until then, I'm just kind of like, meh. It's okay. It's not even that. It's just kind of there. Well, let's talk about the E-Space e- Trilogy as a whole, or as Chrissy said, a loosely based <laughs> trilogy as a whole. As most classic new trilogies are. When you put this on the schedule and you said, well, we're going we're gonna to talk about Warriors Gate, and then we're going to talk about E-Space Trilogy as a whole, I thought... <laughs> <laughs> Here's here's my review of the E Space trilogy of a whole as a whole. I agree, it's not much of a trilogy other than the fact that it all takes place in E Space. And number two, there's really no reason for them to be in E Space because each story is its own individual thing. It's there true. is this 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 you know nether area that they're trying to get back through that kind of makes E Space relevant at the end, but then unfortunately the story comes down poorly at explaining what it is and, and using the concept itself. What 
I disagree with Phil. This is, 18 is not one of my favorite seasons, and I think it is. And this might be hindsight that does this because I don't. I can't imagine when I was a kid I saw this because I wouldn't have known it was leading up to Tom leaving. But now everything here feels like Peter Davison's first season to me. And it's really a different change. It's a mood change. It's a style change. Somebody even commented on how, I think it was uh, Holly maybe even, that commented, no, it was Chrissy, commented on how the, 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 the episode titles are even slightly different than we've ever had. In no, there's a new opening credits. There's new opening yeah. credits. There's the new burgundy, song, uh, the burgundy, burgundy outfit, outfit, which makes it even worse that the old outfit, or at least the old scarf and just coat <laughs> is hanging on a hat rack in the back, and it just frustrates me. It really it feel the tone feels so much different to me that even though I absolutely love Fourth Doctor and I love Tom Baker and just and I love Romana I love Romana too I think she's fantastic in these and she, she she's really the reason to watch apart. these stories but the the tone is just so different that this is and this is also a reminder that I'm getting ready to hit another set of quote unquote trilogy that ends up being you know the end of Tom's era as the Doctor so. It, that's why it's so I struggle with these as a whole anyway. Do, do you think it's just be, because of that that it's knowing in hindsight now? In hindsight, knowing the shades of things to come that you're yeah. like, eh. it, it could be. I just I, I think the tone is still always there, but that's because I've seen season 19 and I know what that tone is is there as well. So I think the tone I can see it based on hindsight. And I think the fact that the dread that we were moving into five, I apologize, Chrissy, but I, 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 <laughs> Sean stated it best, that when your doctor changes faces, it's really hard to accept the next guy. Although I think I did a little better than Sean did. Um, I and kind so of grips with it. Just I, knowing I all of that. No, I think back then, though, I, then, I accepted yeah. it a lot better. Back than in the day. Um, but just, yeah, just this. so this, this and then leading into the next one, which, again, I think the stories in the, in the next three that we'll eventually get to, are much better than these three, but still the tones there and the dread that it's it's coming to an end is there for me. So I think it's like anybody knowing that David Tennant was leaving and having to sit and watch each uh, of the specials. Yeah, each of the specials that season, and just know, I mean anybody that was just a huge like Tennant fan uh, and just watching each of the specials, knowing that it was coming. I think that the mood's different in those, but that that was a calculated change. They were doing those more of as um, like series seven part B. Or series seven four B, yeah. For you, I suppose that that would be. The I grant it during. You did say that during, during, during last B, week we didn't know he was. Was it, have we known yet? Yeah, we knew. We knew when, well. when we started, or we knew when the season started that this was yeah. this last season. Well, we have no, we speculated. Didn't. We didn't. We, didn't. <laughs> we knew. We knew after the snowman, or at the time of the snowman, we did. I think yeah. that's when we knew. The well, season. it was later than that because we were out disc golfing. Oh, it was. It was over the. Summer. It was in between Snowman it and in Bells of St. John. Yeah, I think. you're right. I think so you're right. yeah. Was, so it was. Be, it was right yeah. before season B started. Yeah, season seven B. Seven B. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. I, we, I can see a lot of that, even not being a huge Tom fan, dreading the change. I mean, there's a lot of, and part of that is hindsight of having seen. The fifth, much of the fifth Doctor's era is there's a lot of similar things on there, and mm-hmm. I can understand why you had kind of that mm, about these stories. Interpretation. I, I think it almost works better when you get that clean break. When, when you go from Patrick Troughton to to Pertwee, 
and we're going from Doctor Who that we we you know we're in space, we're doing all these wonderful things and blah blah blah, to now you're locked on Earth and you're stuck here. And you know we know the reason for it. We went from black and white to color. We went from the, you know the new Starfield sequence to the you know new actor. All of that kind of happened, bam, at the same time. I almost think that's more acceptable because it's it's something that you can justify. But that's justify. really the only time it's happened. Oh hasn't no no no! I, I, because I mean, there's the nice there's the, there's the transition between Pertwee to Baker a little bit with Sarah Jane and the units, at least in the first couple of stories. Um, obviously, Baker and the Davison. I, having not seen Caves of Adrizani, I don't know, but you still have the companion carryover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see, well, no, there's a companion carryover f- going into Seven from uh, Baker a to Seven. companion's a little different in my but, but, mind, but though, because you're not, you're, 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 the companion's... It's, it's not as harsh. That, I don't think there's ever been as harsh of a switch, aside from... Because we stopped two, and did everything different. Two, yeah. two to three Between and two ten and three. to eleven are the biggest... Tonal shifts. Yeah, well, and that's because we get the new TARDIS, all new characters. Everybody else, we pretty much had to carry over. Yeah, and and that's what I was. You know, I didn't think ten to ten to eleven was that abrupt either. Oh, not as abrupt as that. Well, not but, as abrupt as two to three. But, but, but there's less carryover from his era to the new era. Yeah, I guess because you start brand new with. Yeah. Okay. The well, only thing that carries over is the suit that he's wearing. The, the companion, and just though, for one episode. Yeah. Yeah. The companion, though, is almost a. I mean, tread carefully when I say this. I mean, we, we can't count eight in this at all. It, it, it's, it's almost a, you, you throw it away. Because, yeah, but because the, the, there's always a companion. It doesn't necessarily matter who. But that it, helps it doesn't you matter. The gap you know, I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree with Keith in the in the in the in the examples that he used. Is we had no companion that bridged. Between two and three, we dropped the companions off, and we dropped the do- and then we changed the doctor. And that didn't happen again. And I there, think there's, that there's I think some that sort of bridge. acts as a bridge, acts as a help uh, in, in encouraging. And that's why Sarah Jane is the nice bridge between three and four. And as he's saying, this, uh, is, this, this is time big, we got Nisa and Tegan and Adric, who you know served at, even though it was a shorter time, served as a bridge into Same thing five. With Perry, Same thing with Perry into six. It's in short time there as well, but we did get and a little Mel. bit of bridge. Mel Same thing with Mel. And then, and the, the, the next thing that happens is bigger between seven it. and eight, we get a big drop because it just goes from doctor well, to doctor. Yes. Because then we get introduced to a new companion there. So that would be the the minor version of what you're talking yeah. about. But then he's right. You've got Rose that carries us over between nine and ten. You've got uh, nobody that car- we start completely over with companions in in Eleven's run as well. So and we're going to get this nice carryover with Clara between eleven and twelve. So I agree with him that the companions help that bridge. I think that, okay. that that is that is now this season is a bigger bridge because there are more changes that go into it, building to the ultimate change. Well, like you had said that you, it you spends felt- more time changing. Yes, yeah. you said that you felt like season seven and there's B more changes was. A lead up to Capaldi, yes. So that everything in seven because we 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 ditched Damian Rory, who are Eleven's companions. We've brought in Clara, who even though she and Eleven are fantastic together, we, we we kind of all get that feeling that we really can't wait to see what she's going to do with Capaldi. Um, we we get the new TARDIS interior. We get you know they, they kind of monkeyed around with the credit sequence during all of yeah. the first half of the season, and then seemed to lock in on this new Starfield one that we're getting for that. So I agree with you that it seems very much like this big run-up. 
And and that for me, when you said that, really crystallizes my feelings on this last season of Tom Baker. That we've we've changed everything: the outfit, the Starfield, the credits, the, the this and everything. And we're doing this well, big run up to outfit, get rid that's of another, all, That's another thing. In a lot, in yeah, we're, 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 we're doing all of this stuff to just kind of out with the old and with the new. That now that, that Jonathan Turner's taken over, that we're, okay, we're going to start getting rid of the companions. We've written out Canine as frequently as we can in every episode, and now we're actually going to be done with it. We're going to get rid of Romana. We're going to bring in Adric and this whole new crop of people. We've changed the outfit. We've changed the Starfield. We're, we're monkeying around with it, kind of knowing where we're headed into this new era. There are still episodes within that season that are good. I like Leisure Hive. I, I don't. Leisure Hive too. I don't like it as much as you know Doctor Phil does, but I, I enjoy Leisure Hive a lot. I still think State of Decay is phenomenal. Um, and I'm trying to remember. I like Keeper of Truck, and I like. I remember liking Legopolis. It's been forever since I've seen that one. But the others are kind of me. It's, I, for me, it's a very uneven season. But, I, we digress. As a trilogy, as Doctor Who is wont to do, here's a great story that we're going to do this big epic, and it doesn't. It, it, it's, it's just <laughs> three loosely themed. I mean, I, I think that's... That to me is frustrating. That to me is a very squandered opportunity that we've, you know, because you could have thrown away uh, this pocket universe. It's nothing happens here. It's not important. It's not. But it could have been. It could have been this big, integral, man, we cannot get home. And and because of the nature that they set it up in the first two, I mean. They could have added a lot more drama to the The, the, the third episode could have ended with a bang, and instead it kind of goes out on a whimper that, oh, well, we got home. Oh, you're staying? Okay, see you later. Let's be fair, though. When they sat down to do the Black Guardian stories, when they sat down to do the East Bay stories, when they sat down to do... Well, those are probably the only two that I, I could think of. Oh, Key to Time even still no, fits no, no, that. No, 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 wait. Key to Time does, but here's what I'm saying. You, you have to be fair with Black Guardian East Space because Black Guardian East Space are only trilogies because that was a clever way to sell DVDs. Because no, that's yeah, true. I, okay. I don't I think they I sat think down and said, "Okay, we're going to do three stories, and we're going to do they're all going to be set in East Space, and we're going to have this continuing." I think what happened was they, is they said, "We're going to put them. We're, we're we figured out a way to get them into a different place so that stories could take hey, place this there." Idea, and then exactly. other people had to so figure it's, out. How it's to get not it like back. we sat down and said we're making a trilogy. We sat down and said. I think the Doctor and Ramon are going to be in this place called E-Space for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing with the Black Guardian trailer. I think we're going to have Turlo be, you know, try, you know the, the Black this Guardian trying to get Turlo yeah. to... But that's just a theme that's going on during these stories. Because if The key were, to time, I, I disagree. I think they sit down... And, because they did that over a season, they sit down and calculated that one out. Does that fit that uh, description you were saying? Yes, that one does fall down as a... Okay, we've loosely brought these together as a series. But I, I think we have to be fair with the ones we're calling a trilogy. It's kind of like the Ace trilogy. They are a trilogy, but they're even more of a trilogy than anything else. We yeah, have boxed, yeah, them together, boxed them together. The fans have called them the Ace trilogy. So. See, and I, I think if they would have sat down and thought, okay, let's do this as a season. We get into East Space and then it comes out and what, however we got out of East Space causes the regeneration. I think that would have made a better story. If they would have sat down and thought about it more than yeah, just, more than just yeah. one person said, hey, let's go to this alternate universe and we'll pick up this dude and then you guys figure out how we get back. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I think it went out. <laughs> I think that, so that, that, is, that is how it, how it <laughs> happened. And you're, and you're right. It's, it's, it's a trilogy in, in DVD box name only. But just the 
you have to. I would think, and, and maybe this we can lay. I don't know. If we can lay the blame squarely on his shoulders, but as showrunner and whatever script editor, or no, I guess showrunner would have been John Nathan Turner. Bridesmaid was a script editor. So as these scripts were coming in, as soon as the idea of this alternate universe came up, he should have stepped in and said, okay, we need to frame this. We need to put some, because we've got to have a beginning, middle, and end, and eventually we've got to get back to end space. You know, that's that's got to be there. And so it, it seems to me that either he or John Nathan Turner probably needed to sit down and put a finite thing on it. It feels very much like the Divergent Universe stories that we listened to in Big Finish, that they had this great idea and then we went off and did it and fiddled around with it for a little while. And then everybody kind of went, I'm bored with this. Let's yeah. let's just wrap it up and call it good. I, I certainly think that's what happened and, this time, yeah. And I think that's why there was no calculated move to make it a trilogy. There was a, let's get into eSpace and explore and see what we can do with it. And then in, after the third story, or after the second story, they said, let's see how we can get them out because we're tired of this. Yeah, yeah I, and, I, and I just, I, I, I wish that... Because I, I think there's so many potentials there. I think the idea, because Romana's terrified, not just of the fact that we've slipped out of in-space, but e-space, of all spaces to go into. It couldn't have been B-space or C-space or Z-space. <laughs> no, it's e-space. Oh, my God. And it turns out to be pretty much the same as exactly every other backwater planet you've ever Everything's visited. Everything's just negative. Yeah. <laughs> Which I still don't understand. Just, wouldn't that have been in-space? Yeah, in-space is positive. E-space is negative. But... <sighs> What? <laughs> or at least peace space. What? <laughs> yeah. And it's not the antimatter universe because no. that's, it's 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 different. From that. I just wish there had been some sort of overhanging issue that their presence there was causing, or e space was deteriorating, which is why nobody wants to go there because it's this entropy. Yeah. Well, and the themes there, which but, was the nice, yeah. which was a slight. A well, our, our little void area is entropy. Yeah, well, the vampires <laughs> that are entropy. Was a nice I mean, the the, oh, yeah, I guess the, the, the star yeah. the Starliner crew going through there. I mean, the, 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 the very loosely based theme is there, but you really got to yeah. dig to get That's it out true. of there. That's true. Yeah. Well, and if they had not made you dig to get it out of there, <laughs> it might have actually yeah worked better. Maybe, maybe it would have worked better. But I just, I, you know, what if there was something about, you know, we've crossed over in e-space, we've got blah, blah, blah poisoning, and we're, we're going to die unless we can find a way. Okay, now you've intrigued me. There, there's, a, there's a definitive timeline of we have to solve this problem by this. And maybe it's because they touched the seeds. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the seed universe. Um, but, yeah, it just... And... and the whole thing really feels like an exercise in how do we get Adric on the ship. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. Let's we've got to get Romana off, way. and we've got to get Adric on. How do we do that? Well, we're going to do three stories, and it's going to take forever, and nothing will happen, and there will be a vampire. <laughs> 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 um, I just, I, I just wish it had. That to me is the is is the the quandary of the e space quandary is that it could have been so cool it could have been this really great because you could you could like you said Keith you could spend a whole season mucking about in this and and really doing some interesting storytelling and instead you gave us three fairly standard Doctor Who stories that just happened to be set in e space the e space is it almost, had a nice effect on the starfield yeah it was green instead of black the the e space really. <laughs> Was immaterial to these stories, so the ant space. The ant space. Yeah, e space is pretty material to the third story, but only because only because of the next. We tried that it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I, Glenn, you are one hundred percent wrong. The eSpace trilogy is a pyramid, <laughs> and there's a lackluster episode to start it, and a genius episode in the middle, and a lackluster episode to end it. I don't know if I'd go genius, but a really fun episode in the middle. It's a really fun episode, and I'm sorry, compared to the other two, it's genius. If, if we're if we're only comparing the eSpace, now if, obviously if we're putting State of Decay up against Genesis of the Daleks. Yes, I'm reeling back my 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 compliments, but just within the confines of eSpace, it's so much better than everything else in this set of stories. I don't understand why you're kind of meh on it's, it. It's, it's, a, it's a line with a little bit of a valley in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> More like a line with a little bit of a hump in the middle. Uh, oh, it's a pyramid. It's <laughs> a special weapons Dalek sized pyramid. That's, <laughs> that's how big that pyramid is. State of Decay is so much more fun than anything else that comes down the pipe. And even the character growth that well, Romana goes through from, from being the petulant child of, I don't want to go home, to, Romana screw, is really screw the you, reason. I'm not going home. <laughs> I'm going to go hang with my new friends, and mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll call you maybe. Lala Ward as Romana is really the reason to watch these three stories, because she's phenomenal in all three. She's, she's the most charming thing the I can find. The best part of all three. I, the most charming even thing I can find in all we all stories. love the Doctor. She, we she, all honestly, love Tom. Honestly, she's the thing that keeps the and season Tom going. Tom is so subdued in all of these stories. I mean, he's a bit more later, but it, compared to what yeah, we're used compared to Compared to what we're Tom, used to, yeah. You can yeah. tell he's full. Although, he's kind of, I, think there was, yeah, I think there's ones before this where even... Megalos. <laughs> <laughs> I like Megaloths. What? I like Megaloths. Oh, so you're talking leisure? Yeah, I, uh, when we walked around for half that story, old. But just that was yeah. daring. I was <laughs> missed more. No, part of, part of it, <laughs> it was a way to excuse Tom's lackluster attitude. Well, what part, it was. part of it is a legitimate attempt to scale back from the Douglas Adams insanity. Mm-hmm. Yes, and let's be honest: when you're following up Douglas Adams. You've got nowhere to go but down. You've got to bring it down to a more manageable level and cut out some of the winks and the nudges to the camera. Bye-bye, kind of Duggan! <laughs> you, you, you've got to come but down off of that. Unfortunately, that's where four is at its best. Yeah, I agree. Is when he's the, at that peak of insanity. That, that's that's and, the problem. Well, there, there were moments in, I think it was the first one, uh, where he had that very dark side to him that I liked seeing come out of Tom, it just wasn't enough of it, I think. And State of Decay, for me, kind of goes back to the... A bit more fun. A bit more fun, a bit yeah. more normal. Despite the fact that there's that brooding, staring off into the camera, we must go do something because there's no fam, could be vampires. <laughs> yeah, let's go see him. And he, you know... See, I, don't, I see what you're saying. I don't know he's dark, more of angry. Just angry. Well, yeah, uh, I, angry, I just don't. Angry yeah, Tom. angry. And I don't. Well, dark. There's not. I don't. I, there's not a lot of times in my mind that four gets that angry as he did. In no, State there's, of Decay. there's not. There's a, there's a few times. And we're not State of Decay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> have, have you not seen it yet? So apparently yeah. they're taking the Doctor in a darker, angrier angle. Again, I think darker is the wrong label. Uh, not dark, but angry. But yeah, angry. Grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. <laughs> grumpy. But again, grumpy. some of that was in the attitude of Tom. Time. Well, that's yeah, that's just it. It's, it's, it's hard to separate the writing between right. the portrayal. Um, there, there's a documentary on here. Is this the one that had the boy with the gold star? There were two documentaries on here that yeah. we watched. Well, I watched, watched two. I watched one. Um, 
The documentary about Lala's outfits. Lala's wardrobe. Really enjoyable. <laughs> it's a really cool documentary. Mm-hmm. We we joke all the time about oh we're going to do a showtime something about the doctor's wardrobe. There's an actual DVD extra on this that's called Lala's wardrobe. I told and it's you guys about seventeen minutes. Did you? Yeah. It's a seventeen minute special. I think I remember on what saying. Wore. I look forward to seeing that. I think you did. We enjoyed it. We we definitely look forward to seeing it. Let's talk about what Lala wore. Okay. Um, and then, I never really paid that close of attention that she did wear a different outfit every story. Every story. So one of the one of the few. But Mary not, did too. Not Mary many. Did yeah. Too. Not many. It was, it was a Romana thing. But. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess this covers both. Well, no, it only no, covers. It only covers, only covers all. Okay. I'm then, just, I'm just then, saying. In then Mary's is on another one because I've seen Mary Tam's because uh, there's actually a name to that series. I can't remember what it's called. This is just called Lala's Wardrobe. Oh, is it? Okay. The other one is the boy with the golden star. Is that the name of it? Yeah, you started that one and I Which, left. Um, is basically just Matthew Waterhouse kind of discussing his t- his tenure as Adric <laughs> and going Defending through episode himself? by episode. No, no, he really isn't. Um, and he he talks a lot about how so. there are many episodes coming up where Adric's giving an opinion to voice, and he says you can tell that the only reason he is given this to say is so that somebody else can come out and slap Not it down know. and say this is how bad of an idea that is and why. <laughs> You know, and, wow. and, and it, it's, it's it's there, and I think it, it it shows in a lot of ways. And he makes the comments uh, d- doing these that you know that he and Lala kind of got on okay, um, and that Tom was, well, it was Tom, <laughs> you know, and that he wasn't necessarily because because it was the Tom Baker show, and he knew it, and he let everybody else know it, <laughs> and part of that is the seven years. You know, and and look at me, and, and how cool am I? And some of that, I think, is the coming off of the Douglas Adams. You know, that that, that when you're allowed to do that, and then this new guy is coming in and forcing you to rein everything back, and oh, we're going to change your costume, and we're going to change this, and we're getting rid of all your companions. And plus, he was going through. He, he was divorcing Lala in real life at the time, wasn't he? Or did they get married after this? I don't remember when that happened, but he was going through a divorce uh, at some period in this as well. It might have been Lala. I don't, I don't recall. They so, did kind of become less familiar. Well, familiar the thing is, the the funny thing is, that if that happened during that time, they it never reflected in their professional lives, as far but, as I'm concerned. There there was never this coldness between the two. I thought they were always on set. On set, yeah. there was always they were always the consummate professionals, and always I, I guess I never that. could tell that they that they were. You know, fighting or struggling, and, and I guess they divorced in '82. They, well, so that would have been after this because okay. this was '81. Um, but it, they were on again, off again too, even when they were married <laughs> and having issues behind the scenes. So, see, I guess I just it feels a little bit. I can kind of see that behind the scenes a little bit because they're written separately. They're, they're written to go off on their own a yeah. little bit. So, I, 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 in my mind, I wonder how much of that is they're fighting. Let's write them so they're in separate scenes so we don't have to put them together. Yeah, it might have happened, but I don't know. That happens a lot with companions in general. But I think it's interesting that you automatically equated the Adric discussion with Romana too. Well, if Tom and I, if the doctor and I got divorced, that was your exact terminology. That's what he asked. That's what she asked. You know. Now, my dad asked me that question. I know what that question is. Dr. Romana separated quite a bit in uh, Nightmare of Eden. Or not Nightmare of Eden. Yeah, Nightmare Yeah, Nightmare Reading. And they're separated and quite a bit in Horns of Nam- Nyman. Okay. That would have been pre... That pre, been pre, pre and, and, and City of Death. That would have been pre uh, I thought they were pretty hip-to-hip at City of Death. They were pretty hip-to-hip at City of Death. He goes off to the past to change the Da Vinci stuff, but they, they're they pretty 
inseparable there for a long time. Uh, anyway, that's we're talking East Space. I think, like I said, I think for me that's just the biggest lump to get over is that it's not even a loose collation of episodes that made up a trilogy. It just like it could have been the idea of this East Space. And like I said, I, I get the entropy. And I suppose there's some part of me that's like, oh, it's a very highbrow sci-fi concept for a kid's show in the, in the, you know, what is this, in the early 80s to introduce that. I'm fine with highbrow concepts. But. Let's just do something with it. Let's, <laughs> yeah. not make it this, let's not make it this presumed highbrow concept. Let's let's really dive into it and kind of make it, I mean, don't, it can't slap you in the face or then it wouldn't be highbrow. But yeah. let's, 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 let's explore it and do a little more with it. If the doctor had commented on the fact that all three of these adventures took place in the, you know, wow, we've been dealing a lot with entropy. I wonder if that's what eSpace stands for. Okay, that's probably too much, but at least then you tied them together. Um, mm. <laughs> all right, what's coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, coming up next on the schedule, no more eSpace. <laughs> we are going in. Are we going on to Trocken? No, we're not going on to Trocken. Uh I'm going to make you... I told you, you might do that this year, though. No, nah, I told you. It's just as a punishment, it's going to be the last thing you ever get to see. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the last viewing ever will be Keeper. I'll even skip over and do the other. Because we'll, 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 watch, we'll watch New Beginnings out of order, just so the truck is the last thing. Um, no, we're going to do uh, Back to Eccleston next week for Friday Night Who? Aliens in London, World War Three. Because uh, after E-Space, I need some Slovene in my life. Oh man! <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Aliens in London, World War Three. Oh man! But here's why. Oh, my kids have basketball, so yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen these. I'm really looking forward oh, to it. God, actually, we just watched them re- again recently for some reason. I don't know why. It's because we're going to be doing Paul McGann audios on the podcast next week, so there's no homework Yay! other than that. So you've got. I've already done this. I have nothing to do this week. Number seventy-five, Scaredy Cat. Number seventy-seven, Other Lives. From I have finish mainline. Nothing to do. And I, my, part of me thinks, well, I'll just go ahead and start listening to more uh, uh, Paul McGann stuff this week. But then I'll get myself confused and forget <laughs> what I've listened to already. So, Scaredy Cat and uh, Other Lives. Other Lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have the rest of the schedule posted uh, this week. To know what you guys think of those, so I'm excited. Sorry. Um, we, we've kind of been trying to juggle around and figure out some stuff. <laughs> Put special weapons dog down. I didn't realize it was still loaded. Special weapons dog is always loaded. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as an empty special weapons dog. <laughs> it's the, the, the gun posters. It's just his silhouette. Not so special weapons. <laughs> hey. No, if he was if he's unloaded. <laughs> oh yeah. <they're- laughs> oh, okay. I give you that one. Um, we've kind of been uh, jockeying around with Galley being in February, so we're, we're finalizing the schedule there. Um, but I will have that posted for you this week so that you know what else is coming up. And then we will, uh, of course, uh, probably have some uh, some Sylvester McCoy coming up on the schedule <laughs> since he's going to keep coming to Kansas City. Now, there's only what we what? have left. We have uh, Curse of Fenric. Which is on Moratorium now. <laughs> Paradise Towers. Oh, that's still on Netflix. Paradise Towers. Um, Curse of Fenric is still on Netflix. You own Curse, though, don't you? No. Did you buy that? What no. did you buy? Ghostlight. Ghostlight, that's right. Uh, that's so, what we watch. Is that it? We have Curse and Paradise Towers. 
That's it. Maybe. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look. But we'll, 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 we'll figure I'm out something. I'm looking real quick. Wow. Maybe we'll just watch Doctor the movie again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, 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 we'll get those Maybe details. Maybe that'll be our other guest. Ooh. We'll get those details to you as we get them. Oh, Paul McGann. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? And a shame that we got Daphne. Well, I mean, we lo- I loved getting Daphne, but it'd be a shame that we got her last year and not this year if we got that'd be the trifecta. It would be the trifecta. It'd be wonderful to hear those guys all sort of reminisce about. And Eric Roberts is coming to Kansas City, just not in March. So. <sighs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey, every party's got to have a pooper. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we invited you. <laughs> all right. Well, and that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.